And then he says, what did you get this boy, a space helmet for a cow? <laughs> oh, no, but really it was an anal fissure and it needed seeing to as soon as possible. Those things ruin your fucking day, man. Those things ruin your week, your month, your eve, even your year. They literally ruin your asshole. Um, hi, everyone. <laughs> Mine's never been the same again. Honey sauce all over your anus. <laughs> Delish. Uh, welcome back to the Big Damn Cast, Nerdy News, Geeky Gossip, blah, 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 fucking blah. I am uh, Chris. I'll eat a beach covered in Dick's Johnson. <laughs> And I have no idea half the things you would do. Well, for liberty. For <laughs> liberty, man. Um, coming up this week, it's pretty short and sweet. Pop culture news-wise, what happened? Uh, stuff. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about Marvel's What If. Uh, don't worry about spoilers, because we ain't seen it yet. Yeah, we're it's, gonna... it's come out th- as we're recording this, yeah. so we haven't had a chance to watch it yet. We're going to do what we did for sort of Rick and Morty and Loki's. We're going to review an ep- each episode of stuff like about a week out of whack because it just gives everyone a chance to see it and then if you want to listen to the podcast on the way home on a Friday on the bus or whatever, you can. So don't week worry about it. week out of whack. <laughs> but we are going to talk about what if before we kick off. Uh, we're also then going to give some spoiler-free-ish thoughts on... The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. The yes. Suicide Squad. 2021. 20, 20, uh, and then we're gonna... I mean, emails-wise, are there any non-Suicide Squad-y uh, ones we could read out before we go balls deep well, into Suicide Squad spoilers? There's definitely the one Suicide Squad one that I managed to spoil myself <laughs> on the, on Suicide Squad for by, by um, skimming the emails. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's oh, just that one. You made a horrid mistake of looking at things, my dear. Well, um, yeah, suffice it to say, we'll look at emails in a bit. Uh, but first, Matt. Yeah. You're in the room. I am in the room. Hi. Back in the room. Back in the room. You can, uh, you can hear me, you can hear me touching him. That's me touching his leg. Yeah. Because it's an easy way to make a noise on microphone. Uh, this is me. Uh, this is me rubbing his back. Mmm, <laughs> I really needed that. This is me rustling him right in the jimmies. <laughs> and this is me giving him a colonoscopy. Oh, so jiggling for the next forty-five minutes now. Just how I like it. Yeah, like a screensaver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just wibbling around. Um, but it's nice to see you. You guys, you, you guys are doing you. good. You're all, on your end. All yeah, feeling, we're all fine. Fine and dandy. I'm, I never even had a positive test. Like the entire, which in a week of uh, A level results is yeah, disappointing. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, because um, Keeks came down with it pretty heavily mm. two Tuesdays ago, not two Wednesdays ago. Four score year and Wednesdays ago. Yeah, she started feeling a bit funny on Tuesday. And then was taking lateral flows. Tested negative the Wednesday morning. Went to work. Got worse throughout the day. Came home. Pretty much went straight to bed with a fever. Took a lateral test that flow that night. Took two of them and tested positive on both. Yeah. Um, so then we had to book PCRs. Yeah. This is exactly uh, what they say. Like the yeah. laterals aren't 
completely accurate. They're, they're, they're the pirate code version. They're yeah, more like kind of, guidelines. You kind of already have to be in the middle of it for, to yeah. show up on a natural flow. And, um, it always amuses me because so. I, 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 I go to my work physically once a week. And it amuses me when I get there and take a lateral because it is just that thought of, you do realise that any one of us could technically be carrying yeah. it right now. <laughs> like, any one of us. It's not like we're walking around the office licking each other or, or hugging or kissing or anything. But, you know, even so, it's it's like, eh. But that is why it's important for y'all to get fucking vaccinated. Yeah, because Keek's only had one jab. Yeah. He's only had one jab. So I think she would have been hit significantly harder had she not had any. Oh, yeah. I've had both jabs. I didn't. I didn't even get. I didn't even catch it, uh, despite being in. You know, very close proximity as you are with someone that you live with. Mm. Um, to you, someone, gave that, you gave that colonoscopy yeah. as well, so like you know. To someone, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that everything was working fine. That's all. You know, it's good. Um, it's good you know, to <laughs> someone who was actually having and suffering from the virus and was, you know, mm. full fever, a taste bud still quite aren't back to normal yet. So, which is. Um, Nothing but curry for the next week. Well, and she kind of reticent to touch curry because she doesn't know if she'll taste it properly. True. I mean, that's the test, though. That's like you, you dial up the curry at uh, Balti House or whatever and well, just order like in, the, the hottest vindaloo on the menu. We're in Edinburgh this weekend and we've already booked yeah. ourselves into a couple of restaurants while we're up there. <clears> so we will. Do give it our love. We will sample some things. <laughs> it's been five years since we went. As a as a as a as a as a posse. Shocking. I can Mad feel that, myself disintegrating. I can feel my I oh, good lord. I'm turning to dust as we speak. Sent to my friend at work the other day who's who's from um Scotland, like not specifically Edinburgh, but I he, he popped to Edinburgh the week before and I was like, Oh, you've been to the Frankenstein bar and he went, Everyone always asks that and I was like, Oh, I was joking. <laughs> Have you? And he went, Well yeah, I used to go a lot when I stayed in Edinburgh. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, okay, sure, sure. So that's for our Scottish listeners. You can all groan and still answer the question. Have you been to the Frankenstein bar? Muhaha. See if you can find that mash shop we went to. The the restaurant uh, that Mums like it's called. Mums. I think so. I was trying to describe it and he was like, I mean, I don't understand. Then again, there was two though, wasn't there? There was one like on the hill and there was one. We are not talking about pop culture. We should probably say things about stuff. Um, Marvel's What If? I have not seen it. Neither have I. But uh, early response to it has been um, sort of mixed to positive. Yeah. Um, the response mostly saying, uh, here's the weirdest critique I saw. Um, I saw it eight to a couple places, which makes you wonder how many people actually watch stuff or just reword articles. But um, mm. they they said it sort of it feels weird to be going back when the MCU is like moving forward. It feels weird to be revisiting storylines and ideas from phase one. It's like, yeah, but here's the thing. What if isn't essential? It's literally just a, do you like that stuff? Here's more of it, kind of. Do you know what I mean? It's just sort of, what? So, by that logic, does that mean that if you just fancied putting Iron Man on, like watching Iron Man, 2008 Iron Man, as I you're, did you're, recently, you're technically wasting your time because it's not now. Like, just, what's wrong with, like, going back to old concepts for something that isn't going to, like, it's not halting the MCU. I think part of that, though, has been the fact that Loki dealt with a plot point that is very likely going to spill into the main films. So they're just assuming that every Disney Plus show is now going to pull this off. But, you know, the ending of WandaVision, when it comes time for her to pop up in the movies, could be explained in a couple of sentences. 
in a film. Yeah. The ending of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is just reaffirming a thing you assumed was going to happen anyway yeah. the last time you saw Sam Wilson in a film. So, you know, Loki even, I doubt you will have to watch Loki to understand what's going to happen in, like, Doctor Strange or whatever. I bet they sum it up so quickly. And it's one of those where you watching it, if you'd seen Loki go, oh, I know when it started. I saw what happened when it began. Like, it's not going to be important. I saw the signs. <laughs> Open up my eyes, I saw. The thing. The thing. The thing. John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing. Welcome to our surprise review for John Carpenter's The Thing. It's about time. John Carpenter's The Thing again. Um... <laughs> uh, but we've not watched What If. No. Despite the fact that uh, Captain Carter can step all over me. No, and I won't even get mad. See. On the subject of women stepping all over you, I, I, oh, here we I, go. During, during, <laughs> our, gonna fucking go. during our isolation, I yeah. downloaded and completed Resident Evil Village. I, yeah. Lady Dimitrescu. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's quite short as well. That's the thing I've seen it's... said the most. It's it's a tiny game, but it, it's longer but... if you want to find everything. Yeah, I, well, I did not rush through it, and it took me less than nine hours. Damn. But then I immediately started a new game plus. Well, there you so, go. there well, is that. You obviously didn't flirt with the Duke enough. Clearly not. Clearly not. Did you notice the significance of the wine at the beginning? Hmm... Mm. Mm. There's lots of little bits. So it just looks like, like a lazy acid flip early on, it's but it's not. No, it, there's it, a reason why it's that bottle design. It's not. Um, what's the word? It's not long, but it's very dense. Mm. It could be a lot shorter. Yeah. If Chris Redfield just explained the fuck's going on, which they, <clears throat> which they, it's like the characters point out to him later on, and he just kind of goes. Yeah, well, I didn't. So it also it also <laughs> really requires you to have either played or watched someone play Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. It does do a recap. It, it gets very continuity. Yeah, it do, it does do a recap. <laughs> the, cu- the curse of my new job is I've had to look into some of this a bit more. Yeah. I've not even played it yet, but I know where it goes when now. You, and when I'm like, you boot oh, yeah. it, yeah. When you start a new game, it'll ask you if you played Resi Seven. Ah, it'll give you a flashback. That's probably why Resident Evil 7's on in the Plus collection on the PS5 as well. Just to be like, hey, I mean, here it is. It's relatively recent, but it's also play it. just good. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Speaking of good, segueing back to What If, kind of. Um, um, because we're not going to watch it yet, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about What If. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the comic book. Yeah. Uh, have you read much What If? I have read a little bit of What If. I've read the odd one that's been included in, like, event collections and stuff. Yeah. Because after it was an ongoing, they sort of resurrected it for one shots later on where they were like, what if Civil War? Yeah. And it's just different ways that Civil War could plan and things like that. And they've been fine. Uh, the classic run, the only one I remember reading was one that I used to have. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, what if Matt Murdock was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Now, how does that make a, a difference? What's the what's the premise of that one? As in, instead of becoming Daredevil as a vigilante, yeah. he gets headhunted by Nick Fury and trained as a S.H.I.E.L.D. operative. We so saw you getting blinded as a kid. We didn't, stop, we didn't stop it. Uh, do you want to like, work for S.H.I.E.L.D., kid? Ba- basically, yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> The thing with the what-if stories is, and I could be wrong because... It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since I've read that one. And I've not read a ton of them anyway, but they tend to—they tend to be stories which take a character that you like 
make things better for them in the short term, but then make things worse for them in the long term. Oh, there's absolutely a Twilight Zone-y, yeah. like, um, you know, kind of, kind of uh, allegorical... Uh, uh, fable or morality tale in yeah. each one. Like if yeah. you look at this character and oh they didn't do this thing which led to misery in the universe that you know and they were happier for a while. Yeah. Or like the burden could have gone to this person yeah. and here's how it plays out for them. But it's never it never works out better overall. And some are a stretch. The story. Some, some of them are a massive stretch. I'm going to look some up. Well Oh. You don't have to do that because oh. we're gonna play a little game. Oh! Uh, so I. Oh no! I've I've read a good sort of like twenty odd issues from the, the right. second volume, which is like the eighties into the nineties. Yeah, like mid eighties um, to early nineties. Yeah, I've dipped yeah. a bit into the the seventies. That, was, 70s that run. was where the Matt Murdock one was from, I think. Yeah, I, and, and and for those who don't know, for those who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? What if it's a Marvel comic book, which is now a Disney Plus series based on the MCU versions of the characters, where. Uatu the Watcher, upon the moon, who observes all reality, and specifically observes our Earth and our reality, is like, hey, reader, what's up? So, remember how, like, Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider? Well, well, what happened if Flash Thompson got bit by the radioactive spider, not Peter Parker? Here's how that story would have gone. And it's just, the, the premise is, we're going to peek into an alternate universe yeah. and see how the story went yeah. a different way. Um... It ran full volume in like the 70s for years, and then there was a volume two in the 80s to 90s, volume three was in the early 2000s, and then it's been sort of sporadic miniseries since, like the Age of Ultron, what yeah. if series, and, and uh, 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 with great power was the most recent one, I think, in 2018. There might have been a few one shots since, but it's yeah. just. There's been loads, of, like, yeah. they, were, they were tended to be like odd one shot what ifs. Yeah, and sometimes they're the just backup stories in, yeah. in, in like anniversary yeah. issues of other books and things well, like that. Because they did um, what if. Uh, Jessica Jones after mm, mm. I think after Alias what if what if it's a what if Jessica Jones joined S.H.I.E.L.D. there's a bit of a pattern emerging here um, but that's the thing some of the stories are big significant life events for the characters where you go oh I do wonder yeah yeah, yeah. and others are <laughs> you what <laughs> like, some of them are more you what some of them are the what the yeah as to what if yeah like you know what what, what if Gambit wasn't Cajun. I mean, that's not one, but it may as yeah. well be because you'd be like, "What's the premise of this?" Well, he's just born a couple states over. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. How's that changing? Well, he didn't have the funny accent, and uh, people don't fall in love with him as much. What if? What if the Punisher was Spider-Man? Well, I have twenty What If titles in front of me. Right oh, now. yes. Okay. But not all of them are real. Oh. So I need right, you, right, good all sir. Right, all right. Uh, to tell me if this is a if this is a what if or a what the fuck are you talking about title? What if or what the? Well, funny enough, but yeah, it's the first one. What if Doctor Strange with a soup chef supreme? I don't want to say that I've started with a soft, the softest of balls. I want to say that's a what the, but knowing Stan Lee's sense of humour, that could be a what if, but I'm going to say it's a what the. Yeah, it ain't real. It's, it ain't real. That, that is, uh, that's the kind of thing that would have shown up in Not Brand Neck. That's the kind like, of thing. In the, in the 60s. That, that's uh, the kind of thing that would be a throwaway visual gag in yeah. one of the humour issues, like yeah. mini Marvels or something it's like just that. It's like, like, Yeah. That's what that is. Uh, what if Iron Man sold out? Because he's such a narc. 
What if Iron Man sold out? I don't even know what that means. So I'm going to say sold out. I'm going to say what the. That is a real title. It is from Volume Two, uh, and essentially the premise is Tony Stark cashes in on Iron Man and becomes a sellout. It becomes less about the heroics and more about the fame. So Tony, Tony Stark becomes Tony Stark. Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Iron Man becomes Tony Stark, Tony Stark. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 cool, cool. What if Loki became Odin? That's a what if. That's not a what if. What? Um, now there have been variations. Obviously, in the MCU, Loki takes on the guise of Odin for a period of time. Yeah. There is a what if story. What if Loki had lifted Thor's hammer? So there's a story where ah. Thor is banished and Loki proves himself worthy. So there's been versions of it, but he's never he's never flat out become Odin. Motherfucker. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what one so far. You got one so got far. One so far. I'm going to keep count on my hand. One if. One. Uh, what okay. if Conan the Barbarian walked the earth today? That's a what if. Definitely a what that if. That is a what if from the first volume. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they actually played around quite a bit with mixing mm. Conan in with with regular Marvel Universe stuff when they first had the license. And that's one of the ones um, that's based directly on an issue. It's based on something like the, the Savage Tales of Conan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a straight up... Something important happens in this issue. We're going to tell a story where he ends up jumping through time yeah. in that issue. Yeah. So that's definitely one. Uh, next up, what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? That's a what if. That is, a, that is dear, dear listener, that is a motherfucking what if. Because uh, for some reason, <laughs> the Marvel Universe's version of Dracula is heavily involved with the X-Men because he tried to marry Storm once. I mean, can you blame him? Well, no. She's but... amazing, but you know. Um, Storm and Dracula fought once, <clears> so now Dracula's a recurring X-Men villain. I like, love you. Shit you not. I love you, and that means you can, like, maybe keep it cloudy all the time. I'd like to go out during the day. Blah, blah. <laughs> during the day, anyway, he's Dracula. Blah, Dracula. So that's three, you got three. What if Peter Parker became the Punisher? Of course. Um... What if Peter Parker... Became the Punisher. That's a what the? That's a what if. Of course it is. That is from 2018's with Great Power miniseries. Ah, that's a reason. Okay, yeah, okay. So, I don't know what leads to it, but I can only assume it's a, he's Spider-Man and just gets more vengeful. Like, it's got to be that kind of angle. Because, why would he randomly just go, I'm now Frank Castle? What if he's the Skull Spider? What if he's bitten by a radioactive Frank Castle? (laughs) What's the betting? <laughs> what if he's bitten by a radioactive gun? <laughs> what's the, what? A what's gun, the, Frank. What's the a betting? Gun that but, shoots it, but it is a skull on his chest and it's got spider legs coming out of the, the oh, cheekbones. Oh, it's got to have. Yeah. It's got to have. Uh, what if the Watcher became blind? That's original sin. Well, <laughs> his eyes are gouged out and he's killed. Oh, okay, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Which is why there's been less miniseries in the years since, because Uatu uh, ain't around anymore. Oh, remember the orb in original sin? That guy's fucking gross. The orb rocks up in Modoc a lot, working at the bar in several scenes. Oh, great, okay, sure. <laughs> he never gets a dialogue, but he's just there. It's like, well, yeah, because the how does he speak? Orb. Exactly, just Which they eye. say in original sin, it's like, how, how do you speak? If you don't have a mouth, your head's an eye. Ugh, what if the gross. watcher became blind? Um... That's a what the. That is indeed a what the. Because uh, you can't have any stories without the Watcher. Yeah. Unless their stories told after original sin yeah. for some reason. Um, what if Spider Man and Mary Jane's child 
had survived. That's a what if because that went on to launch Spider Girl. That is indeed a motherfucking what if. That yeah. is that is technically from the volume two toward the end of volume two. The issues were called uh, "What If Starring" character name. Yeah, and that yeah. one was "What If Starring Spider Girl." But the story that the main story was "What If Spider Man Emerges Child Survive." Can you remember her name for the bonus points? Mayday Parker. Mayday motherfucking Parker. Can you remember what universe she's designated to? Uh, no, but I know they published it under the MC2 imprint for that's a while. The, that's it, MC2 yeah. universe. There you go, boom. Um, oh, I thought you meant the unit, the Earth number. No, that's the, uh, I think that's, what it's, I'm sure that's what it's designated in Spider-Verse. I'll have to double check, because the last time, canonically, we saw Peter Parker in that universe was in Spider-Verse, because he gets killed by an inheritor. Yes. And her baby brother, whom uh, she <laughs> is born when she's like 18, so... <laughs> one-legged Peter and Mary Jane are one-legged doing all right. Peter. <laughs> one-legged <laughs> Peter. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's the he's the uh, the scion or whatever it's called. He's the yeah. like there's the three, the bride, the scion, and the the something or other. The the, the yeah the. <laughs> uh, recommended reading, by the way, for those who like alternate universe stuff. Go look up the Spider Girl comics. They're pretty damn great. And it's also a great way for Ben Riley's interesting costume to stick around. There was a whole line at one point as well, because there was... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they, they span Fantastic it out a bit. Five. Yeah. And... Yeah. I want to say Dark Devil. Rings a bell. Um, I, know, I know there was a version of Puma in her universe that was a bit more important. Possibly. And in, and in 2099. They really tried to make the Puma a thing in the 90s, didn't they? They tried to make 2099 a thing in the 90s. <laughs> and Nightshade. Um, <laughs> Cardiac. Cyber. That was a Wolverine villain, wasn't it? Cyber. Yeah, it's just a giant dude with metal arms. Something I used to do on MSN Messenger when I was a teenager. Dirty boy. Hey! How many, how many on? on is it three or four? I'm on four. Four! Uh, I'm doing great. What if Charles Xavier had founded the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? That's a what if. That is not a what if. Fuck you. But doesn't it sound like a great it what does if? It sounds like a what if. Can you imagine one where his ideology just goes a little too far? I bet far. there's one where it's what if Magneto founded the X Men. I bet that's There what are if. quite a few about Magneto, but I don't know if there's that exact one. So, uh, I mean, then again, the stories could always go that way in, t- in the tale. Last one, Magneto! <laughs> <laughs> what if Death's Head weren't dead? <laughs> For those listening along at home, Matt nearly just spat out his coffee. <laughs> What if death, Death's Head weren't dead? That's so ridiculous, it has to be a what if, yes? No, it's no. a what the... I just like the alliteration. Yes? <laughs> we all know Death's Head would never die, because he'll live on in the memories of all 80s UK kids who grew up thinking that Doctor Who and Transformers were part of the Marvel Universe. Death's Head. Fucking hell. What if, starring Spider-Man, in... Arachnomorphosis. Oh, you got me in a bottle. You got me in a corner here. <laughs> what if starring Spider-Man in Arachnomorphosis? Exclamation point. That's a late what if. That's a late 90s what if. That is indeed a volume two what if. Yeah, yeah. The basic premise is what if the mutation continued immediately after the spider bite. Okay. Which is done ten times better in the Edge of Spider-Verse story 
uh, where it's a horror story. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes I remember that one. Oh, that one is not mm, nice. Not nice. Not nice. Not nice. What if Gwen Stacy had lived? That's a what if. That is. It's an OG. What? It's yeah. early in the run. It's a volume one issue early in the run. Uh, it's up to six, yeah? Yeah. What if the X-Men were the .exe slash men? That's a what the... <laughs> Oh, my sweet summer child. No! From the With Great Power miniseries in 2018. Oh, fuck you, it's a recent one. Ah! Sonic.exe has stopped working. That's oh, what... there's some news. Idris Elba's Knuckles. Anyway, there's your news for the week. Fuck me. <laughs> what if Howard the Duck became the kingpin of crime? <laughs> Who knows at this point? He's a streetwise duck out of water in a world he never made. It's a what if? Why not? It's a what the... Of course it's a what the... It's Howard the Duck. But come on, you're already picturing him sat in a velvet white suit. Stop making up what those are that are better than what ifs. What if the X-Men died on their first mission? Oh, that's a what if. It's a what if! Yeah, that's definitely a what if. It's specifically... It's from volume two, and it's specifically the uncanny X-Men, the giant-sized X-Men. Oh, right, so the um, only one different so, team, yeah. Yeah, so the, the you know, so... Wolverine, Colossus, uh, Warpath. It's Warpath in it in in that lineup. No, no, it's uh, Thunderbird. 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 Uh, however, basically the the debut Sunfire. the debut of the successful X Men boys and girls after it got rebooted, and it was the old team have been captured. Let's go find them. Well, what happens if they're what, what happens if they're shit at their job? X Men. What happens if they're shit at their job and they die? That is the what if. Oh, so it's Deadly Genesis. But yes. Before Deadly Genesis. Yeah. De- Deadly earlier. Yeah. What if Peter Parker had to destroy Spider-Man? <laughs> That's a what if. That is. It's volume two. It's a remake of an earlier one. Sure. Well, of course, why not? Um, where the premise is, what if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man and went too far? Oh, cool. All Peter right. Parker All notices right. and like finds out and has to stop him. Uh, the Pulse. What if... That's a what if, because that's the one with what if Jessica Jones took up Clay's offer and joined S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a what the. Oh! That story exists, but it ain't a Pulse story. Ah! We call that a hoodwink, boys and girls. Oh, hoodwinked. I'm, I'm annoyed that that version doesn't exist, because I would love to read a fake. For those who don't know, the Pulse was basically Jessica Jones post her st- original series, Goes to work for the bugle, yeah, as an investigative way, it, journalist, and it was like a way to sort of bring her more into the mainstream, so yeah, like and censor the more <laughs> the, the more mature elements of Alias, and uh, and and it's pretty fun. It's like three volumes, yeah, three, three trades long, and there are articles at the end of every issue. There's like yeah. full on newspaper articles. I'd love to read some newspaper articles from a what if. You get to see the Green Goblin throw a car at Luke Cage, and Luke Cage just fucking tank it. You do. Oh fuck! I want to reread. I've got, I've got the pulse right. It's hard to find. Yes. Yeah, or it was. I've got it over there. Go over there, all three volumes. Yeah, I had to track them down. One of them I tracked down to that uh, that shop in Manchester that's near the back of Victoria Station, near the Arndale, that was basically just selling pawn books, but they happened to sell some comic books at the front half oh, of the store. Is that the one? Uh, Empire books. I it's like it's about um, the store. The shop was like yeah, a meter yeah, and a yeah. half deep, and then it was a beaded curtain. And yeah, like, this yeah. is mad. I yeah. found like the third volume in there. Um, Should have been behind me now. What? <laughs> Say that again. What? <gasps> that's a that's a what if. That's one of them weird one shot ones where they just go balls to the wall. 
from Volume 3. What? <gasps> is indeed a what if quote official term humor issue unquote. oh okay yeah because they had a few what the what the hell they've had one called wtf at some point it was yeah. like little shorts um and yeah what <gasps> well, they, did a, they did a what the web series for a mm. while didn't they yes they were kind of fun so they, were, they were cute um and sort of a forerunner for what became modok i guess yeah, Modoc was quite prominent in that. Featured one. very heavily in it. What if Wolverine was a wimp? <laughs> what if Wolverine was a wimp? That's a fucking tough one. That's a knife edge one. I'm gonna say what the It's a what if. Uh... But but I will give it to you if you can tell me it's a short story in a what if starring book okay if you can tell me which x-man is starring in this book that the short story what if wolverine was a wimp is in and i'll give you one other clue it's volume two so it's it's mid 90s oh uh, what if gambit fucking what if starring yeah. gambit yeah, yeah. features the story what if wolverine was a wimp you've got the point if it had been five years later it would have been what if dupe <laughs> Or, well, or Deadpool by the late nineties, early two thousands, because it set up those two. No, it, would, it would be Deadpool now. Yeah, but if it done, if it had been done in the early to mid two thousands, it'd be it'd be dupe. Early nineties, it's got to be Gambit. Off the back of ecstatics. So that's eight, eight, nine. That's nine. Nine. Oh, nine. can can you get ten? Okay. The final question, final what if title, what if or what the is, what if this quiz had been shorter. So that's 10 out of 20 then. Yeah. <laughs> well done. No, not well done. <laughs> Poorly done. And it's literally a job half done. <laughs> well, you get a prize. I don't want any prize off you. Oh, that's a shame. Because your prize is getting to record the rest of the episode. Oh. Speaking exclusively, spoiler free at first, about the suicide squad the suicide squad 2021 written and directed by james gunn starring uh margot robbie idris elba joel kinnaman everyone uh, starring everyone. peter capaldi david desmolchin uh what's the name of ratcatcher 2 daniela melchior daniela melchior is that a name yeah breakout freaking star and i need to learn that name um uh, and many many others uh, uh uh who's got the best agent i think it's viola davis i think viola davis gets the and viola davis credit mm. um but I might be wrong. Oh, there's some very good agents in there for where some of those people are on the billing mm, compared yes. to their amount of screen time. Oh, there's some there's some naughty play being used. I, to, lo- to trick I, I love it. I love it. So the Suicide Squad is the sequel slash soft reboot of the Suicide Squad premise in the DCEU. It's the tenth film in the DCEU series. It's the first theatrically explicit adult aimed movie uh, um was birds of prey not her birds of prey was i believe r rated but it was a soft r like this is a hard you could t- you could take a teen to to yeah. birds of prey and not it's worry a, about it's it 15 birds of prey has like has like bone breaking and yeah. one shock gore shot and 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 some up close knife violence that's a bit scary yeah and a lot of F-bombs. This, <laughs> woo, we were watching this going, is this a 15? Yeah, I, yeah. This can't be a 15. 
so for those who are squeamish, those are like superhero stuff, but are really squeamish to go, maybe one to avoid. Oh, this is a mm. gory as shit movie. Mm. And mostly hammered home and, and executed through practical effects. It is incredibly violent. Yeah. Gleeful in its violence. It, it's like, it's like, if you're familiar with like the films of James Gunn, it's like sort of, someone spilled some slither into his Guardians of the Galaxy that morning and he still stirred it in without realising. With more than a little super in there as oh, well. Good l- oh, good mm, There super. is one particular yeah, injury yeah, yeah. that made me think back to uh, poor Elliot Page's character in Super. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Um, you don't have to have seen the first one to get it, but if you have seen the first one, if this stuff, if you liked it, great. Here's more. It's got a bit of a different tone. It's like picking up a new comic book by a different writer that's in the same series. Y- yes. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, You just get in a different revision. Like, I love JMS's Thor. I loved um, Kieran Gillen's Thor. Didn't really care for Matt Fraction's Thor. That's fine. I can go back and read the stuff I like. So if you preferred Aya's version of Suicide Squad, you've got it. If you're ready to try a different voice, here's this one. In a more direct comparison, though, it's a bit like picking up... Um, despite the you know what, who, what he's like personally. Mm. It's a bit like picking up, picking up Joss Whedon's X-Men after reading Chuck Austin's X-Men. Mm. Mm. Like... In terms of yeah, in terms of yeah. the, of the quality disparity, <clears throat> yeah, I'll yeah, I'll and take the, that and the shift in tone, yeah, yeah. Um, for, for those who don't know, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men was really good. It was incredible. <laughs> and it, it was like a shake to the yeah. X Men, the X Men franchise in the comics at that time. It, it, it sort of slapped it around and was like, "This is what you should be doing with these characters." Yeah. Um, fuck that guy, but those comics are good. Fuck that guy. Um, right d- don't buy them. Read them on the app. Um, get them for no extra money. Uh, we're not endorsing parody. But, yeah, so that's what's happening here. If you liked this first Suicide Squad, or there were, like us, there were bits you liked in it, but you didn't enjoy it overall, the stuff you liked, some of it, shows up in this, Yeah, is is utilised better, uh, and in one one instance, for shock, (laughs) which I didn't expect, and we'll get into that in spoilers. If you liked, if you, if you liked the same things about... Suicide Squad that we liked. Mm. So it's all it's all right. Minnie's just very excited. She's happy. Um, She's delighted because Weasel's her favorite comic book character, and he's a, a version of him is in this movie. If <laughs> if you if there were things that you liked about Suicide Squad, and there were similar things to what we liked about Suicide Squad, there is a very good chance that those things will be present and better in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, Tonally, it's a better execution of the idea, yes. which is which is. Flat out supervillains, uh, mercenaries, and like uh, people who've done bad things who may not be bad people but yeah. need to be locked away because they're a danger to everyone are made to do jobs to take take time off their sentence that may result in their death. Deaths ensue. Like it's it, it, the tone is much. It, it Game of Thrones the premise. So it, so the so the uh, who who is the main eighties run of the comic? John Ostrander. Ostrander. That's it. Yeah. Ostrander's run of the comic in the in the eighties, uh, the, co- the the comics that introduced the Suicide Squad and then the comics that they're in, yeah, made it very clear that oh, every other issue you're probably going to lose a cast member, yeah, and you did like and and, and they get you comfortable with the team, and you like them and they take these characters some that were beloved like rogues like Captain Boomerang and Deadshot, and then some that you didn't give a shit about, and they'd make you like them, yeah, and then they'd kill some off because. Yeah. 
those missions are meant to be deadly missions. Or it's in the name. Or they can't help themselves and they go off mission because it's just in their nature to do so. And then they get killed by, by a bomb in the neck. Or they and, get uh, pied by a cream pie. Yeah. What? That's a recurring thing in... in, uh, in that, he writes that in a lot, does he? It, it, no, it, it was like a recurring subplot in that run of Suicide Squad where out of nowhere someone would just get a cream pie to the face. Oh, you know why? Fetish. Um, <laughs> but they did pick up on it and explain it later on, but it would just happen like mid other scenes. We just had uh, just a future note to me when I'm uploading this. Can you write cream pie into the keywords? Thanks. <laughs> um, so, I'm sure it's going to go down real well. You're a bad man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but that's what the film's about, bad men and women. And, and and some of them are irredeemable pricks and others are essentially misfits who've picked the wrong taken the wrong avenue in life. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and we had that in the first one, but the problem with the first one is they were all clearly destined to basically be heroes at the end. Like the structure of the first one was so bland in its execution that you just knew at the end they'd all do the right thing. And then they'd be rewarded and yeah. there'd be limited casualties. And in this film, it's like some of them are going to do the right thing because they are. They make it real clear as the film goes on who is a good person who's made the wrong choice in life yeah. and who is not a good person, full stop. Yeah. None of these lead characters, bar maybe Ratcatcher, are redeemable. Like, maybe Polka Dot Man. But, like, none of them are redeemable. They all deserve to do time for the things they've done. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, without sort of focusing on anyone in this non-spoiler bit too much to keep the surprises, like, I think it's pretty clear from the marketing that, like, your main characters are, are Idris Elba and Margot Robbie as Bloodsport and Harley Quinn, respectively. Yeah. Like, you know from the previous appearances of Harley Quinn that she's not evil, but she's a bad person. Yeah, she's... she's it's. It's not that she necessarily wants to be bad. It's that she's so fundamentally broken inside yeah. that she is capable of being truly good again. Yeah. She will make horrible, terrible decisions and justify them as good decisions. Yeah. Um, Something n- yeah. that, without spo- no spoilers, yeah. happens in this very <laughs> yes. film. Yes. Um, it probably, weirdly, the most graphic... Um, death scene for a character yet the least visually graphic one and it's because it just sits on it yeah and lets it play out we'll get to the the ins yeah. and outs of it in spoilers good book. god so we're gonna else. talk about the Margot deaths. robbie's fabulous in this yeah she's, she's uh, it, it's a, it's such a strong cast like mm. generally like everyone yeah is on top i mean james Gunn knows how to get good performances out of his actors like he can he casts well yeah, which is half the job. Yeah, I, he and and this is sort of traditional to his previous movies. There's some friends who are kind of mascots. Yeah, who show up. There are, um, there are recurring... some in roles that stick around, some in roles that don't. Yeah. In terms of the runtime, at least, uh, you've got actors who he clearly really wants to work with, yeah. who he's brought in, and you can tell the you can see the enthusiasm for wanting to work with them. Like with uh, what's, oh, sorry, Ratcatcher, Danielle, Danielle Melchior, Danielle Melchior. You can tell that he's like. She's great. Yeah. I I want to show off how good she can be. Yeah. And and that that comes through. And, and like with Harley Quinn, we've now seen her in two different films, two very different tone two three very different tonally films. uh is she three prior to this? Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey and 
Oh, prior to this, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so, so for the third time, he's not just necessarily carrying on her story, but the development we've seen is there. Yeah. But she, again, the best way to describe this is you have picked up an issue of Suicide Squad. Yeah. You've seen, you've read Batman stories and you've read Superman stories and you've done all that. And now you've picked up Suicide Squad, a mm. comic that is not for all ages, that is harsher, that is going to utilise Z-list characters and kill them off for comedy, for drama, for actual kind of emotional stakes. stakes. Like it's 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 gonna you know it, it's going to fuck around. It's gonna it's a fuck around and find out comic book. And the premise it, of Suicide yeah. Squad should be that you should not go into a Suicide Squad project expecting a family friendly time and that everyone's gonna get out of this okay. This is like this is like picking up like a good solid trade of Suicide Squad mm. down mm. to the, down to the point where mm. they use text in picture. In the yeah. scene transitions, and it feels like you're looking at the title page of an issue. Blood, smoke, um, uh, trees, like, every, yeah. spell out the... Meanwhile, yeah. heading here, there's one that is that breaks the mold. Because in the first film, there's all that fucking editing of just, like, yeah. caption, stats, stats, caption, neon, spinning things, look at yeah. it. This film only does that once, and it's at the very end to set up the final sort of big confrontation. Yes. And it does it because it's, it's like... We know you're all thinking, what the fuck yeah. in this moment? So we're just going to deliver it. Um, They're going to give it to you. And it's a great moment. Uh, uh, the, the, a criticism I've seen a lot online is that Harley Quinn is decked out in plot armour. And though I don't agree it's as simple as that, yeah, you never really feel like That's she's going like... to... She's in any horrible peril. But I'd argue that there are two reasons for that. One, of course they ain't going to get rid of early in a movie the star of this franchise yeah. so far. Like, she is, without doubt, the breakout star of the DCEU. And also an active producer in Get... Like, she was a big part of Getting Birds of Prey made. Which is why the it was way, a good Harley Quinn story. The way story. it ended up being made. Like, yeah. she, pushed that, she pushed that project forward, and she's, she's getting clout as a producer now, as well mm. as an actress. So if, so if Margot so Robbie's Harley Quinn's going to get killed off, it ain't going to be until well into the third yeah. act. Of course they're going to utilise her. But second uh, counterpoint to that is, I've seen people argue she's got plot armor. It's really stupid. Who are also massive fans of the Snyder Cut? Well, then you mm. know she survives because according to the Snyder Cut, the Joker kills her at some point in the future. Yeah. So it's you know just got to deal with it, guys. I'm sorry. Well, the thing, uh, the thing about plot armor as a, as a concept is that it kind of it's sort of a retroactive thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like it if a character doesn't die. Because the story is written in a way that they don't die, mm. but you're not happy. You think they should have died, and it's like, oh, plot armor. But that's just not the way the story goes. Yeah, no. When you're watching like, it, not, when you're watching it, you're not going like, oh, so oh, she's obviously going to survive. You're like, oh, you're gripped. But on reflection, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, there was no way they were going to actually put her any. Sit now, she goes through the ringer. Yeah, and every sort of like self rescue and things like that she does is. It's like a development upon what we've seen of her before. Yeah, I think there is a sequence really, in a yeah. hallway here where she's fighting armed forces that felt like the violent version of the breaking into the police precinct uh, scene from Birds of Prey. The more violent version yeah. of the breaking into the police. Well, I mean, yeah, in Birds of Prey, paintballs, paintballs um, and beanbags and sandbags yeah, and, yeah. sandbags and power, colourful powder. In this, delusional cartoon background, yeah. blooming flowers, 
a javelin and some machine guns. Slaughter. Like, it, it's, it is... Oh, it is gory. Uh, again, spoiler-free, just some cash shout-outs. Daniela. Daniela Melchior. Daniela Melchior. I'm going to always just point at you for that because my brain is farting and I blame the Jack Daniels. It's, it's, um, she's she's really great in this. She is Ratcatcher 2, which is... I love that they go with that. She's a lot of the emotional core of the movie as well. Um, she's brilliant, as is her co-star... As are her co-stars, Jaws and Crisp Rat. Love it. Who, uh, love it. Who, along with, obviously, some CGI animation, play the main rat, Sebastian, um, who is the main reason to go see this film. If it weren't for the other soft boy... King Shark, played oh. by Steve Adji. Uh, on set by Steve Adji, voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Voiced by Sylvester Stallone, which is a great take on King Shark. It's sort of... Uh, it's, 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 it, he's the only sort of noticeable Guardians-esque presence in the movie to me. Because it's like King Shark, Gail Simone, Secret Six, Suicide Squad era King Shark, yeah. through the filter of the movie Groot. Like, it's that kind, kind of, of yeah. he's sort of... Monosyllabic. Monosyllabic, um, gentle, yeah. when, except when he's eating or fighting. Gentle, except when he's not. Yeah, like, big old dad bod, um, kind of cute to look at until you see him tear people in half. Yeah. Uh, there's one point, which is in the Red Band trailer, so a spoiler, where he eats someone whole, and I was just sat there thinking, is that dude just, like, crumpled up in his stomach yes. right now? Oh, that's terrifying. Um, so that happens. Um, uh, yeah, he ain't he ain't the King Shark of the Harley Quinn cartoon, but that's fine because it's different interpretations. I still slightly prefer the Harley Quinn cartoon version because he's just someone I would absolutely get a beer with. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a great version, and I think going with the Great White Shark design was, yeah, yes, good lord, yes. yes. Um, uh, fuck, I don't. Uh, let's okay, just a little quick thing about every cast member, basically, because then we're not really spoiling anything uh, about who goes where. David Weasel, Smalchen. Weasel, really fun visual. <laughs> Sean Gunn does yeah, a great Sean motion Gunn. capture stuff. Sean Gunn. He also cameos as a different DC villain briefly. Brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. David Desmolchin, this guy has always been excellent. It's cool to see him get in the spotlight. I'm also doubly happy that um, him doing the press for this has brought more attention to his Dark Horse comic book, uh, Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter, which yeah. we talked about last Halloween, to the point where Dark Horse have now commissioned a second miniseries. Brilliant. Yes, thank you very much. Well done, David, for playing that field. Um, as well you should uh, uh, Nathan Fillion Nathan. a joy as always <laughs> Michael Rooker another um, uh, uh, James Gunn uh, stalwart, stalwart. Uh, great presence like the use of yes. him is fantastic yeah. um, and very different from Yondu in case anyone's like I liked Guardians I wonder yeah. what he's like in it okay, very this whole thing, if, you, if you've if your only exposure mm. to James Gunn has been the Guardians movies yeah. strap yourself in because this movie's <laughs> yeah. going to take you for a fucking ride yeah it's using everything he's learned on those films and then sprinkling in yeah. shit that he used think, to do think less Guardians think more super yeah shut up crime and trauma like trauma movies Pete Davidson really fun turn actually very loathsome character he looks like a shit though that's, that's but the Pete thing Davidson, Pete Davidson does he just <laughs> looks like so a shit so they've kind of they've kind of made Blackguard like that I was like fair enough just a footboy Mongal fucking visually interesting <laughs> Mongal's great. Um, uh, Peacemaker, John Cena. If it weren't uh, for, if it weren't for Daniela Melchior, whoever Daniela Melchior, John Cena for me would be the breakout. Um, he's sorry, who? John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's weird. We never saw him in the movie. Anyway, <laughs> we got it out of the way. It's we just did it. A floating helmet. We did it, boys. We got a floating toilet seat. Um, <laughs> His Peacemaker is incredible. I cannot wait to see more of the character in the prequel series going to HBO Max. Um, uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport. 
fucking great. Oh, Idris Elba's really good in this. They've now yeah, confirmed yeah. that he was cast... He was the recast Deadshot. Yes. And then early in production, James Gunn made the call to adapt into a different character, the mercenary Bloodsport, who uh, was a draft dodger well, yeah, in the was... comics, who, who, who his brother took his place to avoid him getting penalised yeah. for it. His brother lost his limbs in combat, which basically made him even guiltier. So he rocked up as a mercenary because um, he's a Superman villain primarily he's not been in a lot of stories his first appearance what's his name Richard, du- Richard Dubois uh, Robert Dubois Robert Dubois, Robert Dubois. he's not been in many no uh, and he's... there's been two blood sports as well the, the next one was a white supremacist oh cool uh, and they uh, both died in the same issue fighting each other in a boxing match in prison um, but Robert Dubois was like his thing was he was like I fought in wars and I got injured and I'm fighting on behalf of me and my brother and it's like you draft dodged yeah, oh my god yeah. this whole thing is an act um, and his power basically was like he had a weapons store elsewhere and he would teleport the weapons to himself. Yeah. Adapted brilliantly and this is just, no, every part of He's his costume contains an attachment for a yeah. weapon. And it's like, that's really cool. That's yeah. a great interpretation of it. Because yeah. um, it's no less fantastical than being, than, than being teleported to him. No, it's just a different visual. Instead of it just being, Pew! oh, he's got a gun. It's... Strap, click, whir, that moves around while I set up this bit. Just pull and off my pecs and yeah, that's a pair of guns. Grapples and helmets and, and, and like uh, rotating uh, uh, cylinders. A, a bow in his <gasps> arm. Just crash in the arm. Oh, yeah. that was brilliant. That's very good. Um, and and he, he's great. In this version, he is a military guy. Like He's done service and he's got a connection with another character, which was a nice little touch, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's he like in the comics, he's the guy who puts Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Yep. We don't see it. Don't need to see it because we're at the point now where you can just assume that the DCEU goes on between movies. Yeah. Just assume that it does. Yeah. Shazam kind of set that up. Yeah. With like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know about Aquaman and we know about Wonder Woman and yeah, oh, Superman, like, I love it. Oh, I've got a Batarang. That's a real thing. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, well, it's a replica, but like, you know. Batman uh, merchandise. Yeah, like, <laughs> get him, Batman. <laughs> I think Shazam's. Well, I was going to say I think it's still the best DCU movie, but I think it's got competition now. Um, no, the Suicide Squad is hands down my favorite of the DCU movies, and it's also unique because, like, unlike the rest of the superhero landscape at the minute, even even with Deadpool and Logan, this is the first sort of superhero movie in a while, especially a blockbuster. Yeah, that's like, yeah, this isn't for kids. Oh God, no! This is not for no, kids. Not in the slightest. Do not bring your kids to this. No. My God, do not do that. Um, because you know Logan isn't for kids, but it, it's 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 adult nature came from its tone, its its psychological angle yeah. for the characters. I mean, in their it journey. is violent. It's violent, but it's not gratuitous. It's more harsh yeah. and frightening. Um, Deadpool, the violent, the majority of the violence is to him, and it's all for sort of comedic shock effect. Yeah, and it works perfectly for that movie, uh, and and its sequel. Um, this is the first one that's like, no, this is this is a war movie. And a horror yeah, movie. James Gunn likened it to things like The Dirty Dozen and Where Eagles Dare and that kind mm. of thing. It's shocking. Like, think of, like, Saving Private Ryan or, like, when you see a war film that you don't really think of as, like, a, as a horror piece. But then there are those scenes where you go, think the first oh, my God. Think 15 to 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. What well, do you know what I mean? Like, films yeah. that aren't, aren't thought of as, like, yeah, yeah. oh, no, they're horrific. It's like, honestly, it's a great film. But then you go, actually, yeah, that is terrifying. That, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's horrifying. That's, that's upsetting that's fucking horrible there's a lot of that in this um oh fuck uh uh, uh Joel Kinnaman Joel Kinnaman's Rick, Rick Flag. Flag oh redemption redemption sweet redemption and a yellow shirt 
He gets his costume. He gets his freaking costume. Although they, they, what's kind of nice is it's just sort of like a leftover T-shirt yeah. from the location he goes yeah. to, but it just happens to be the bright yellow Rick Flag-like T-shirt. I love it. Um, he's great in this. They, the, the, the script allows him to actually flex, which is nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> and even I didn't even realize this until after I'd watched it. The scene where they're interrogating Peter Capaldi's thinker. Peter Capaldi, brilliant legitimately detestable character. Oh, yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, like, so hot. If you love Peter Capaldi, great. Prepare to love him as a performer. Yeah. But, like, you long for his character to be just, like, erased. <laughs> like, he's a nasty piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Lots of nasty pieces of work Oh, good Lord. Like, uh, But, like, the bit where they're having a go, they're setting up to the think of the plan, and it's the whole... It's, it's Bloodsport and Rick Flag back and forth doing the... If you do the whatever, you die. If you do this, you die. If you do whatever, you die. And then Harley interrupts. It's in the trailer, which is like, you know, if you cover that, cover your mouth, yeah, you die. Yeah. I am walking back and forth. <laughs> oh my god. Um, like that. I didn't realize till after I got out of the cinema. That's a parody of a scene from the first one. <laughs> this is when he's setting him up on the mission. He's like, you step out of line, you die. You do this ever, you die. It's it, it's him. It's it's him and Bloodsport doing it because they both have the experience of like that yeah. team leader thing, or at least Bloodsport's gaining it. And then Harley joins in because she remembers him doing it to her in the first one. Yeah. I didn't realise until after the fact. I was like, oh my god, it's a parody of the first movie. Really fucking great. Oh, so good. Um, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Oh, she's great. If and you thought she was boo hiss last time, my god. And her support team actually gets something to do this time round. Yes, I'm trying to remember the name um, of the characters now. It's mainly... Steve uh, Adji. Steve Adji uh, is John Economos. Which is a great name. <laughs> a fucking weird name. Uh, Tanisha Kaji- Kajizi as uh, Flo and Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt. Yes, uh, all of which may or may not be uh, returning to play their parts in the Peacemaker show. Yes. Uh, because, you know, it's all about Bell Rev. Yes. So you're going you're gonna to see them. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, is there anyone with... Oh, Flola Bjorg as um, Borg, yeah. Flo Borg, uh, uh, Borg as, 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 as Javelin. As Javelin, yes. Great inclusion to the film. So really much good. charm. Like, so fucking charming. Speaking of charm, Jai Courtney. Jai fucking <laughs> Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Very good in oh, this. Oh, it's so good to see him again. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think we've covered all the major bases. I mean, our villains because the film takes place at the Corto Maltese. Corto Maltese. Corto Maltese. Uh, Corto Maltesians, which which <laughs> took me by so much surprise because in my head, as an ignorant Westerner in the UK, I'm just like, well, that place where Vicky Vale took photos. <laughs> so you work in the Corto, Corto Maltese. No, it is Corto Maltese. Is not a real place. What? It's not a real place. It's completely fictional. Yeah. It's, 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 is it a DC location? It's a DC location. I'm an idiot. There as, we go. As in, like the same as Karak and um, uh, um, and Kanda. Oh, it's like so. It's 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 Latveria. It's Wakanda. It's completely bullshit. Yeah. It's Metropolis. Yeah. It's it's Star City. It's, it's um. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Well, actually, no, no, I'm not an idiot. Turns out. Ha ha. Yeah. No, Cotton, I'm an idiot. Maltese is a is a is a is a DC. Banana oh my Republic. god! The Corto Maltese has been used in two DC films. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, and it's used to great effect. Project Jotunheim and the terrible secret hidden within. Um, oh my god! I, Definite I wanna... shout out to um, the two uh, sort of your main uh, villains. Your the because uh, mm. it, it, the whole the, the whole plot is that 
Yeah, the, the, so the, the, there's the a mission. The Suicide Squad have been sent on a mission to the Corto Maltese because there's been a violent regime change. The new regime are very not Tr- trigger American happy. friendly. Yeah, and there's something going on at this place called Jotunheim, this big sort yeah. of facility in the Corto Maltese, um, which is named Project Starfish, and Waller thinks that it could be used as a weapon against the US. So. They sent the Suicide Squad in to, to destroy Jotunheim and uh, neutralise whatever Project Starfish ends up being. Mm. But you've got the president, uh, El Presidente General Silvio Luna. He's and, great. Uh, Mayor General Mateo Suarez. And he's fucking... Br- he doesn't have too much screen time. But he's great. But he uses it well. Yeah, yeah. Juan Diego Bota and Joaquin Cosio. Um... um <laughs> and, and their gratuitously busty secretary. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you also have a group of resistance, um, um, uh, a sort of fighters, guerrilla fighters, uh, as well, uh, who the team run into. Uh, yeah, led by Sol Soria, played by Alice Braga, who's always great to see. She's good in this. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's just typical Suicide Squad setup. If they're sent in, shit's gonna go down. Yep. People aren't gonna make it out alive. And the horrors of Project Starfish are way more shocking than anything they could have imagined, considering they're given next to no information. Yes. Do mm. we re- do we recommend it? Yes. yes, we massively do. Um, if you're a fan of the DC EU and you can't wait to see it. its first, I'm just gonna say it: you can't wait to see its first pseudo horror movie. Go watch it. The fact that this plays so well, considering mm. how much horror is used, I'm actually disappointed that the trench isn't going ahead now. Yeah, especially because James Wan directing. Because like, if this is, if DC want to be, want to be like, here's the ones the kids can come and see. Here's the ones not for the kids. I'd like to see some more of those. Mm. That would be cool. Bring it on. Um, you know, and that's something that they've sort of pipped. Uh, you know, the 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 other comp- the competition to the post with because the first MCU thing that won't be for kids will be Deadpool three. Yeah. So like, they've got time. They've got time to like. You know, get their claws in and be like, "Oh no, this is the thing we did first. Um, which hopefully, then, as it always should do, inspire sort of like friendly competition and like experimentation from both sides. Because that's all I want, yes. really. I just want the studios to. I like them both existing. I just wish I liked the DCEU movies more than what I've seen. But now, there are at least four that I really like out of ten. Yeah. So they're edging closer. It would be five, but Aquaman was just fine and Amber Heard's in it so I'm not in a rush and she's in number two and they're sort of making a point of being like we don't care that you have complaints and it's like oh come on just recast the part Um, that's why Idris Elba uh, by the way uh, wasn't they didn't decide to stick with him playing Deadshot because uh, James Gunn wanted a bit more of a blank canvas. There's still a yes. leftover storyline his his familial storyline could absolutely be a continuation of Deadshot's uh, with one sort of deceased parent difference um, in the storyline. Uh, but also... Uh, but but the reason they did it is because they wanted to leave it open for Will Smith to in come case back Will Smith on, wanted yeah. to come back later on. And I'm like, good call, because he was one of the yeah. things that worked in the first one. Yeah. It was a very Will Smithized character. I mean, Will Smith is Mr. Charisma. He's very... So like, yeah, yeah, he's charismatic. He's, he's, he's a Dwayne Johnson. He's a John Cena. He's just a fucking Watched charisma Independence machine. Day again this weekend, introduced the child to Welcome it. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, Will Smith. How did he find it? Loved it. Because I know he's up. For, I know he likes a bit of the nastier creepy oh, stuff. Oh, he loves but a bit some of the real scary stuff. shit in that film. No, he loves that shit. Yeah, yeah. 
Ooh, it's his um, favorite bit. Uh, the real horror story is that Roland Emmerich just continued to make that same movie for twenty years, <laughs> and it was never as good. No, this one's not got aliens it in it. This one's maybe got aliens. In it. Diminishing returns all the way down. But Suicide Squad wasn't. No, oh god, no. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. We're going to spoilers. If you're listening past this point, it's because you haven't pressed the button yet. So now we can make the joke that we always make. Yeah. Everyone dies. Um, in the first five minutes, half the characters die before they get their on-screen credits. Being it's in- fucking great. Being introduced to the premise via Savant was a fucking masterstroke. Yeah, that was really clever. So you begin the film with the super... Again, if you listen, I'll explain it for those who don't care about spoilers and just want to hear us yeah, talk about yeah. it. So the, the beginning of the film is with Savant, Michael Rucker. His thing is he's basically a master tactician. He's like the guy you just throw into any scenario and he'll deal with it. He's a savant. He's a savant. Yeah. Um, And he's in his own little padded sort of like uh, yard area that's really small and he's got a bouncy ball. He's been given 15 minutes basically to play with a bouncy ball in an outside area and he kills a bird because he's a prick. Because he's a super villain. Yeah. That's what he does. He's like, oh, I'm bored. Oh, there's a bird. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it in a way that's really impressive. Bouncing the ball off the walls to build up momentum in a certain pattern and hit the... Yeah. And Waller comes to him and you get the sense that she's asked him to be in the Suicide Squad before and he's been like, no, no, no. And he's like, fine. Ten years off my sentence. Fine. I'll do it. Whatever. Gets geared up. Gets uh, injected um, uh, with the bomb in his neck. By Lloyd Lloyd Kaufman. uh, um, No, that's not Lloyd Kaufman. That's uh, thingy... uh, oh yeah, that's yeah. Ostrander. Yeah, Lloyd, uh, Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman is he's, a dancer in, in a club he's later in, he's on. In the bar, yeah, he, that's mm, that's so weird. Pom Clementif. Yeah, she's leading. She's the fucking she's Pom Clementif. She, she's yeah. the, the dead behind the eyes yeah. lead stripper in that yeah. bar. And I was like, that is brilliant. Yeah, because just for a moment you're like, oh, I know her story. I know yeah. how depressed that dancer yeah. is. Yeah, from one look. Yeah. Oh, this is so sad. Um. So there's your Guardians cameo, folks. And obviously Lloyd Kaufman. Toxic Avengers in the movie somewhere. Yeah, no, I didn't spot it. But I didn't spot it on the screen somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so uh, uh, Savant gets injected with the bomb and he's our POV. He gets brought to the Suicide Squad. It's a group of people. We assume that most of these guys have been sent on Task Force X missions since. We also find out that the Suicide Squad is now being used in-universe. Yes. Um, uh, as a term for the team, uh, which... Amanda Waller and co are really pissed off about that. Like, and, and Rick Flag's like, Task Force X. Stop calling it that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think Do you think Deadshot went back to his cell in the last one and just continuously went, so what was that? Some kind of suicide squad to anyone who'd listened. <laughs> um, but you get the sense that some of them have been on missions before, including uh, Pete Davidson's uh, Blackguard. Um, yeah. Who's got that really dickish but funny bit where like the armed, the armed guards watching him and he's in costume and he's just sort of like reaching for his gun uh, like oh uh, 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 uh. Uh. <laughs> fucking wanker such um, a wanker no one does wanker quite like Davidson uh, so, the, so yeah we've got so we've got Blackguard we've got Captain Boomerang yeah uh, in a slightly tweaked costume Jai Courtney clearly having fun with it again awesome. um, <laughs> yeah well we'll get to it uh, Mongal freaking you know daughter of an alien warlord how did she end up here i guess we'll never know uh played by nathan fillion uh drinking i love it because it's like so for those who for when the casting was announced obviously when the casting gets out for these things 
all these news websites always go like they're playing this character and this character yeah, this. Yeah. so we knew that he was playing arms fall off boy oh, we... it had been revealed yeah. but it was like so okay but then they announced he's playing in that character trailer came out a fucking excellent character trailer yeah. which the, the song from oh no was the yeah. end credits first song I was yes. like oh you just made me remember how good that trailer was yes um that announced he was called TDK. It was like, right, what? Who the fuck is TDK? And then in this week... What, does, what did your name start? He's for? called the Detachable Kid, <laughs> which means that in-universe, he was probably called Arms Fall Off mm. Boy and is rebranding because <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking name, but he also doesn't want to call himself the Detachable Kid, so he's TDK. It's like, oh, such a great little bit of like meta bullshit on top of it. Wait, your name is Letters? <laughs> All names are letters, dipshit. Um, <laughs> so, it's so, f- it's such a funny movie. And as for well. some of the fans out there, he's drinking Pib, uh, Tib, uh, Pibs, Mr. Pibs, yeah. Mr. Pibs cola. God damn, Mr. Pibs. Uh, so more slither shout outs. Um, here's Bill Party. Uh, we've we've got who else on that first? Year? Weasel, who we is, who is a f- ultra fucking like exaggerated version of. Because there's like three versions of him in DC. I don't know Weasel at all. The one from the Suicide Squad run in the 80s was more like a werewolfy kind of creature. Okay. So this is a take on that, but he's not like in charge of his faculties or super strong. He's just a six foot tall weasel. Yeah. Who's like, who is it? He's agreed to come on the mission. I do think. He's harmless. (laughs) Well, he's not. He's killed 27 children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, like so the got, dark humour from the off oh god Javelin is Flew the Borg who's fucking excellent yeah who is just like he's the he's the one who you take the look at and you go surely that's a superhero right yeah like he's blue and yellow blue and yellow like perfectly quaffed hair like mm. he's very noble he's you know you don't really find out what his deal is but you assume that He's pr- he probably was a superhero as far as he was concerned, but his weapon is a javelin. Yeah. I imagine he's killed quite a few people, yeah, whether we, we, he, like... We see that it's quite sharp. Yeah. It's... Uh, oh, good luck. So I, I love that... he And just, like, Harley falls in love with his accent. And Harley, who we get the sense has been on a few Suicide Squad missions over the years, possibly... Bo- Captain Boomerang surprised to see her back in yeah, prison again. Yeah, she's like, how'd you get back? She's like, oh, I got road rage in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Cassandra came somewhere going, is she coming back with yeah, dinner? She said like, she was going out to get dinner. She's my surrogate mum, right? Where is she? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Harley, yeah. Harley's not, like, become an anti-hero quite yet. She's melted um, away there, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yes, but, but, but I wonder how much she has been in and out. Because mm. there's absolutely a familiarity if she's just like, well, I guess I'm doing this again. Yeah. Woo, let's go. And she's sort of excited to be on the mission. Yeah, because she's fucking nuts. Yeah. Because they arrive at the beach and so their instructions are flags in charge. So you know that Amanda Waller's leaving a sane person in charge. Yeah. And their instructions will be when they get there. So they're airdropped out and Weasel immediately drowns and dies. (laughs) Because no one checked. Because he could swim. Oh my God. That was just perfect. Wonderful. As he was dragged to shore, Savant dragged him to shore. And again, Michael Rooker's our POV character. Yeah, yeah. Savant drags him to shore. I just turned to Lucy in the cinema and I went, I hope he's dead because that'd be the funniest fucking way to open this movie. <laughs> and then he's like, The weasel is dead. I was like, That's incredible. Oh my God, they really did it. I mean, they didn't. They didn't. Turns out they didn't. Wait till the mid credits. But, um. <laughs> 
But yeah, so but then again, I love the fact that he's just out there and no one knows. Yeah. I mean, Wallace, Wallace probably got a light up picture of him in a box at some point. She's just yeah. gonna go, uh, press, yeah. boom. Um, <laughs> uh. But then they arrive, and it turns out that so the plan they were meant to go through was they were basically meant to take on some uh, armed forces at the shore. Yes. And that was the plan. Like they yeah. probably would have then been told, right, make camp, you'll be airlifted out in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Um. Or but, meet up with uh, yeah. yeah or, or go to your yeah. 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 But. The reason the plan was kept secret from them, even Rick Flag, is because they were always meant to just be a diversion. Yes. While the real mission with a smaller yeah. Task Force X team yeah. is taking place further along the shore. They also hadn't been told that there was another team yeah. for distraction purposes. Uh, Waller did not intend for this team to get slaughtered. They're just there to, for a distraction. <laughs> but it doesn't bother her. But it doesn't bother her that Blackguard somehow made communication with the Corte Maltese people... And forewarned them that I they felt, were coming. I feel like she probably just let him do that. Yeah, because it's a to distraction. Make a bigger, to make a better distraction, yeah. Because um, she doesn't give a fuck. Mm, oh, she doesn't care. She's, she's like, she's like, flag. she's like, well, yeah, she's like, Flag will probably make it out. Yeah. Be fine. Uh, I mean, she doesn't give a fuck about Flag. She knew Flag would fall in love with June Moon in the last movie. Yeah. So set them up, set him up as bodyguard for her because she knew they'd fall in love yeah. and she could use that as leverage. Where's June Moon? It's fucking Lord knows. She's. <laughs> Where's Take, June Moon? Taking some very erratic belly dancing lessons. Oh, somewhere. that's all that is. Okay, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Just twitching all over the place. I mean, I'm happy to not see June Moon again. Like, it's, it's not like Cara Delevingne set the world on fire in that movie. So. No, bless her. She tried, bless her. She seems... It's not like she had much to work with. She seems nice, just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, so everything goes horribly wrong, starting with the second death, which is Blackguard's face being shot and blasted <laughs> off. Hilarious. Pete Davidson has like five lines and then his face gets turned into a cave. <laughs> I loved that so hard because in me- like Weasel's yeah. death, dark, hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Sean Gunn's like character's yeah. been killed. He's in the credits and he's already been killed off. I mean, we get to see him again like 15 minutes later yeah. as fucking Calendar yeah. Man. Which was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, also, who else was there? What was the lady with the patchwork skin? Um, uh, kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. And there's someone else in there apparently, but I didn't see them. Double down, but I don't know what double down looks like. Oh, so. there we go. But again, that's nice. Like, go on, just put a few little... Yeah. It's like Deadpool 2. They were like, oh, that guy, that guy, that's Omega Red. Yeah. Uh, fuck it. That, guy, that guy's Puck. There's yeah. Puck. Why not? Sure. It's like, fair enough. Uh, like, they're not going to be stars in a movie. Let's put some cameos yeah, in. There's, there's Puck. Who, who fucks? Uh, the Puck who fucks. Um, so, Puck. <laughs> Puck yeah, fucks. Puck fucks. Um, so, like, they, they set you up with that, that anything could happen. Isn't this hilarious? We're having a gay old time. And then Blackguard's death is like, by the way, this is going to be fucking horrific. Yep. This film is not going to be like the previous one. And then... You ain't going to see deaths from a distance that are bloodless. You are going to see fucking deaths in this and instantly things just go to shit yeah tdk like launches his arms and bitch slaps the helmet yeah it just which is wonderfully stupid it's, and it's then the they start they shooting just, his arms just, and he starts flailing. they just slowly float over like there's no sort especially of especially because like in the control room they're like right launch tdk you're like what's it gonna be like he's gonna like fire his arms like cannons or something no they just float over just and slap helmets pop off with the bone in. Oh, God, like they yeah. pop off at the, jo- at the joint. <laughs> uh, Javelin doesn't even really get 
to do much damage before he's riddled with bullets. Yeah. Uh, Mongal, God bless her, she tries. She leaps, at, she tackles a few bad guys, and then she leaps at the enemy helicopter, the low flying helicopter with the minigun, and grabs the bottom and takes out a bunch of bad guys. Also slices a tree to shit. The shrapnel fires across the beach, impales Captain Boomerang yeah. several times in the torso and face, and then crashes into him and kills him in a fiery inferno. And also kills Mongal in a fiery inferno. Crawling out, screaming. Yeah. I That was the first thing they did in the movie where I was like, I'm actually upset about that decision, because... Jai Courtney was the one thing I yeah. really enjoyed about the first movie. And he, and he, but he does go out like a champ. Yeah, he goes out grinning. Goes out with a smile. After after decapitating to uh, cutting a throat and decapitating a skull with a boomerang yeah, as well. Yeah, that's great. His boomerang's um, definitely got an upgrade. Yeah, and he's shame he doesn't get to use them. Shame yeah. he doesn't get to use them beyond that. And then you do get that lovely shot later on of his like, charred hand just holding, holding the boomerang, boomerang up, which is great. Flash fans are going to be like, Oh, it's like yeah, but I think the reason they do it as well is so like oh, so these these nobodies we've just introduced died. But that oh, guy so you liked guy in the back, last movie, yeah, yeah. he's dead. It, people it you people you're gonna like in this movie yeah. are going to die. And, and boy, do they! Yeah, because flag gets uh, flag manages to get away and then is captured. We assume. Yeah. Um, and Harley is captured, tied up and left in a ditch after. Uh, Javelin bequeaths his javelin to her. Javelin to her. Tells her to use it for a great purpose, but dies in mid sentence, so she never finds out what it is. Slapping his face. Yeah. Trying to get him to answer. Savon immediately is hit with panic. Yeah. And begins to swim away from the shore. Wallace screaming in his earpiece to get back to the mission. And he's just not listening because he's terrified. Yeah. Like, he's probably been the guy who, like, sneaks in, gets the job done, takes out who he needs to take out, retrieves whatever needs retrieving, gets out, and no one even knew he was there. The only evidence he was there was his long, white, fucking dirty hair in the shower drain. <laughs> That's the only evidence he was there. He's not used to this. No. And she blows his head up. And unlike Slipknot, the man who can climb anything, we see it. Oh, boy, do we see it. And then we see a bird pecking at it later on. The same species as the one he killed earlier. Just a nice little touch. Um, karma. Uh, and and, he's, and he's, his his smashed head forms the Warner Brothers Pictures present. Yeah. And then we get the credits over this scene of devastation. It's it's ju- it's a hell of a way to open your film. Mm. Oh, so uh, team two um. <laughs> coming in completely uh, undercover um, with no resistance. And also they're like, what the hell's that down the beach? And Wallace's like, it's a distraction. Keep going to your objective. Yeah, don't so worry I, about it. Huh. Okay. Uh, we've got Bloodsport, Robert Dubois. Yeah. Um, who's turned down the Suicide Squad several times. Mm-hmm. And now Wallace's got leverage, which is his daughter, who, again, you can sort of see the leftover Deadshot potential yes. here of Deadshot's yeah, daughter definitely. growing up to be a bit rebellious. But the difference here is his daughter is like presumably fostered. We yeah. see we see her later on in a house with other kids. Yes. Um, because her mum's dead. Her mum's dead. Her mum died a junkie. Her dad's a criminal who never wanted her in the first place. No. And she's come to him for just as you would as a teenager, just any connection. Mm. Like she's telling him she's stole a watch, a TV watch. That whole argument's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, it's and really good. His thing was, I'm annoyed you got caught. She's like, that's what you have to say to me. So she's potentially going to do some time in juvie. 
Until Waller points out that, well, the state that we've... She kind of implies that maybe yeah. she's based where Waller needs her to be based as well. So it's the, like, Waller's how much is she manipulated? Strings, yeah. How much has she manipulated like the foster care system to make sure she's in that state <clears throat> yeah. where she might be tried as an adult? And because the nearest prison is Bell Rev, she'd be in the same place as a bunch of supervillains and uh, murderers. Rev, the, the, the prison with the highest mortality rate in the entire US prison system. So basically she's like, if you don't join the team, your daughter's going to be in this prison. Your daughter's going to die in this. Probably you know, join the team. You know that if that were to happen, Waller would uh, make sure that some kind of accident happened. Yeah. Oh. They really lean into Waller being a grade-A cunt in this. Yeah. Like, Just completely immoral. She goes like, too far as well. Oh boy, does she. But that's because you can see... You can feel the weight of the departments above even her yeah. watching her back. Because, uh, yeah, <clears throat> she gets Robert recruited. Uh, they're joined by uh, Christopher, can't remember his call now, but Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Uh, played by John Cena, who is <laughs> has the exact same backstory yeah. as, as Bloodsport. Which like, they then point out. Because they make a thing of it, and, and that so initially it, it immediately starts a rivalry between the two of them. Um and Peacemaker is uh, a mercenary who will do anything for peace. And as he says, I don't care how many men, women and children I have to kill to get it. And he doesn't. He really so, doesn't. So he's like, he's the ultimate kind of like, no, we need guns sort of mentality. Um, and <laughs> where uh, I read a bit behind the scenes when, when James Gunn approached him for the role. He said, don't read up on it. No. I just want you to play douchebag Captain America. He originally approached Dave Batista for it. I could see Batista playing it. But be, then Batista decided to do Army of the Dead instead because he wanted to work with Zack Snyder. Yes, and also Batista's been very gently um, pushing to play Bane in the DCEU as well. I can see that. Although he's recently been saying, like, if y'all want me for action films, you've got, like, three years. Yeah, because he's... Because he's I'm, I'm, like, 54 yeah. and I, I, I would like to... Not just eat white meat all week <laughs> yeah. for a while, please. I would like to get fat also, and comfortable. It's also like it's, it's the strain <laughs> it puts on your body. <clears throat> yeah, like, and it's why he's been doing a lot more dramatic roles. I think to be yeah. like, I have chops. I enjoy doing this. Can I do more of this? Please? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in Dune. But anyway, we're, we're alongside David Desmalchin, yes, um, who is also in this as uh, Abner Krill, the polka dot man. Um, what a fucking deep cut. I mean, what I love about this because I've always been aware of him, but that's because of the joke nature of the character. Like he's a he's yeah. a he's a Silver Age comics code influenced goofy villain who has polka dot gadgets on his suit that he throws at his enemies, and like these ones explode, and these ones <laughs> flash lights in your eyes. Batman and Robin, I'll stop you. And these ones can melt a safe door, and and they've sort of gone half and half meta human with this version where he was exper- He and his brothers and sisters were. Uh, children to a Star Lab scientist. Yeah. His mother, who on the sly experimented with super powerful toxins and like scientific equipment because she wanted her children to be superheroes. Yeah. Including introducing a few of them to an interdimensional virus. Yeah. Some died, some lived. Abner seems to be the only one who's gone on to like presumably commit a crime or two at some yeah. point and 
So polka dots ain't just his theming. His skin glows with these fucking brilliant practical effects. Yeah. Uh, these pustules. And twice a day, he's basically got to vomit it up. Or he doesn't know what will happen. They'll eat him. Yeah, well, he's, that's how he words yeah. it, isn't it? And it's like, that, as, as, did that happen to one of his siblings? I, it's implied that it did, yeah. Or, or is it because of like what they can do? Because as we see in this, his polka dots only really do one thing. And that is dissolve shit. Dissolve anything they took. <clears throat> Wood flesh like yeah yeah so yeah uh and the great hook with him aside from david de playing him as this brilliant so it's like someone's plucked an early 90s tim burton character uh, out of uh, an unmade movie and shoved him in this like his look his demeanor (laughs) and that extra quirky weird fucking thing where like so his mother's dead but he pictures her everywhere oh that's specifically when he needs to do something bad. Yeah. He If he has to hurt someone, because he says, like, I don't like killing, but if I have to do it, I pretend it's my mother. Yeah. Um, And we get some great visuals with the actor who plays his mum throughout the movie. She gets to uh, play dress up. Yeah, she, f- gets, she gets to John Sim in the end of time. It. There's that <laughs> first moment where he says, where they, like... It's where, like, what happened to where, your mother? Where's, where's your mother, mother now? now? Everywhere. And then it comes to his POV and it's all the other characters looking at him. The rebels and, the, and Task Force X. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And Especially then they the do King that Shark a couple one. more times as you go on through <laughs> the film. Culminating in the attack of the 50 foot woman. Um, <laughs> attack of the 50 foot Karen, uh, yes. I think I should call it. Um, but we'll get to that. We learn about his backstory. In fact, we learn about a lot of the characters' backstories because of Ratcatcher 2. Yes. Who is the absolute heart and soul of this film. She's not a supervillain. Um, she's she like basically has committed a robbery at some point, and was detained because her ability to control rats meant that legally they branded the rats as a weapon, meaning she had like she was armed to the fucking teeth when yeah. she committed the robbery. And knowing what we know about Waller, I wouldn't be surprised if she made those charges happen so she could have her at her disposal. Because unlike the rest, she seems to have a re- relatively relaxed prison sentence. Yeah. Or uh, prison life. Uh, I mean, even Waller sort of doesn't have a go at her when she's being a bit insubordinate and not waking up yet. She's just sort of like, you okay? Yeah, don't worry about it. Move. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no fury of Amanda Waller there. There's none of, there's none of the wall's fury coming at her. She's just like, she's a fucking, as, as Peacemaker says, Millennials. <laughs> But I, oh my god, I, I, I love that trait. I love that she's a deep sleeper. Uh, and she yeah, tries to sleep the... wherever she can. Um, and, and in fact, does sleep wherever she can. Her dad, the original rat catcher, is not the Gotham supervillain uh, of the comics. He's a um, like small-time thief with an affinity for rats and technology used to sort of control and, and influence rats. Uh, they grew up in Portugal. And... Yes. Uh, She's basically moved after her dad dies of a of a heroin overdose. She she goes on to she uh, comes to America with his comes stuff to America to try with his stuff to try and sort of make, make a life. life. Yeah, and and unfortunately, you know, somewhere in the paperwork, rats are weapons of mass destruction. So I guess yeah. she has to be incarcerated in Bell Rev. And oh look, she'll be useful in our missions. Waller totally made sure that she ended up at Bell Rev. Absolutely, um, absolutely, because she's not a hardened criminal. She's not a killer. Um, she is a good person who's just in the wrong place. Um, 
And and she has one rat that she's allowed to keep with her at all times, one that seems to have grown attached to her called Sebastian. Wears a little coat. Wears a little coat and is a fucking sweetheart. Um <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. She she's the heart of the film and I love that she connects with uh oh, what's King Shark's name? Nan Nan in, uh, in, Inoue. Inoue. She connects with Inoue and she's the one who gets polka dot man to open up. Yeah. Uh she she's the one who helps Bloodsport kind of see his leader potential by just like having another sane voice to talk to. Yeah. Um I love that he's afraid of rats and I love that that's another oversight. But it's not an oversight because the team weren't aware of it. It's because Bloodsport never shared that information because as he says, I'm a fucking mercenary. Why would I tell you what a, my phobias are? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, good point. Why it's would true. he say, I'm it's scared true. of rats? Um, and I love that that's sort of, again, a subtle story arc. He kind of overcomes it because he's forced to. <laughs> um, and, and then at the end, the very final shot of the movie is him just giving Sebastian a little stroke uh, on his lap. <laughs> God damn. Um... And uh, na- Nanaway, na- Inaway, Inaway, Inaway. Uh, King Shark. Um, he may be the descendant of a of a god. Oh, it is Nanaway? Sorry, not Inaway. Nanaway, yeah. So he may be the descendant sorry. of. A- it's all right. I'm just, I'm, I'm, what's the name of our catcher? Uh, Daniel Melchior. See, I don't know names. So, um, uh, he may be the descendant of a god. He may be a metahuman. We don't know what he is, and neither does Waller. No. But he's passive enough that they can use him. So, presumably, he's eaten some people. And that's why he's in prison. Presumably. Because he doesn't <clears> seem <throat> to be... He's not like... He doesn't seem to be like Killer Croc, where he's... Act... Well, this, well, like, this, yeah, this, well, like, this EU version of Killer Croc. Yeah, like that, but... Wayland's committing crimes and hurting yeah, people. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be, like, actively malignant. Yeah. He, he just... Like human flesh. He just, he just, gets, he just gets hungry. Hmm. Hungry, and that bit—it's—it's it's like the creepiest, sweetest gag in the film when he yeah. nearly eats Ratcatcher. Yeah, and, and she's while still she's, she's sleeping, he just picks her up. He's just sort of like—he's going to very gently lower her into his mouth. Yeah. Coincidentally, this week was uh, Vor Day. So oh, happy okay. Vor Day. Happy Vor Day. That's everyone. why they released this film this week. Cool. Um, Lots of Vor in this movie. Oh God, he devours people's limbs, heads. Like we said earlier, a whole dude a at one point. A whole dude. An actual whole dude. He cleans a skull. Oh, that's that head at the end. Yeah. In the trailer, you see him chewing on a skull. Didn't realise we were going to see him start with the severed yeah. head and slowly chew the things yeah. off of it. Oh, good Lord. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um... Yeah, so this team, this team is tasked with. Well, they 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 get to a guerrilla camp. They mistake it for the enemy. Turns out it's the Freedom Fighters. Wonderful dark, darkly comic sequence with Peacemaker and Bloodsport competing to see who can get the best kills. With 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 Bloodsport relenting at the end. That yeah. yes, the, the the like the shrapnel expanding bullet was the coolest way it went. Yeah. and he's like, fuck. Well, <laughs> Peacemaker says, uh, he says no one likes to show off. Peacemaker says, yeah, unless what they're showing off is it's fucking dope. That's. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. Fuck, he's right. I like that they let Idris Elba use his own accent in this. Yes. Because it just makes him so much more... He's so comfortable in the role in mm. this. And it's a great use of him you just feel, in, in yeah. a film as well. Because like, when he pops up in action flicks, like he's a lot of fun. But apart from maybe Pacific Rim, it doesn't feel like they give him the room to no. do his thing. Like it, He's it, very stoic in the Thor movies. But he plays it really well. And Heimdall only really becomes a bit of an action hero in Ragnarok. Yeah, where he, it's funny when you give an actor something to do, mm-hmm. they actually do something with it. 
Yeah, and I think that's what they. Like, that's pre, what they pre do Ragnarok, his shining yeah. moment is the hallucination in Age of Ultron, yeah. where he's manic and cackling. Yeah, like, oh, this is weird. And in this, he gets to. In this, he's basically playing Luther with big guns. Yeah, like he's just he's got he's dealt with some shit. He's got a reputation, and he's having to deal with this scenario. Doesn't like it's his doesn't job. like the bullshit. Yeah. Um, like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um. They learn along the way that uh, so they find Rick Flag and they team up with them yeah. <laughs> with, with the mercenaries, even though she's like, "Oh my god," because they've killed like half of her men. Yeah. Um, they team with Rick Flag and they learn that the best way to get to Jotunheim is through Gaius Greaves. Well, they were going for him anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, they, they help. They yeah. help him locate yeah. him because uh, they know he frequents a gentleman's club. The Thinker. The Thinker. And I looked this up because I was like. I don't recognise this version. I recognise the image of this version. Yeah. And that's because there's been four versions of the Thinker. Yeah. The most recent one was a New 52 incarnation. It was in a couple of stories. Yeah. He doesn't have a name. And okay. he, do- he doesn't have the thinking cap. Because the version of the Thinker that yes. was in a lot of the Suicide Squad stories was like the second interpretation. Who has like the thinking cap. And he was killed. Um, he was killed by Weasel in the comics mm. and then flag puts on the thinking cap and the thinker's consciousness is alive in it for just a moment longer to use rick flag to turn his head and blast weasel to death oh nice so like the thinker has a history with the suicide squad as a franchise this version is a wholly original creation mostly inspired by the new 52 unnamed version with the diode sticking out of his head and the only explanation we get for that in this is that they make him more clever which is is sort of dealt with in a very Malcolm Tucker esque like fucking yeah. yeah sure whatever there there is there is a so James Gunn said that he wanted Peter Capaldi for the role because he really wanted to work with Peter Capaldi because who doesn't but there's a couple bits in this with the thinker where you're like he wanted to work with Peter Capaldi because he wanted a bit of Malcolm Tucker in this movie oh yeah like the thinker's not a funny part but there's a couple of moments where he just gets to dish out that like razor tongued like foul mouthed response and it's. It's a treat. He's smug and he's arrogant and he's just thoroughly unlikable. Made even worse by the fact you realise that he's been the lead exper he's been the lead uh, lead of the experiments of Project Starfish for the majority of the last thirty years. Yeah, for thirty years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's been here doing this. He's been paid very handsomely for it by every regime. This new regime meets with him to basically be like, right, tell us what it's about. Yeah. Take us to it. So. Should we talk about Project Starfish? Let's talk about Starro the Conqueror. Look at him up there on that comic cover, being all quirky. It's the first Justice League of America book. He's just a big old space squid. Oh, we'll fight him. Big old space starfish. James Gunn said that Starro, the idea of Starro... A star starfish. ...terrified him as a kid. Which is why he used it. Now, Starro's not inherently a terrifying concept on the surface. It's big starfish from outer space... Shoots that little starfish, they latch onto people's faces like a little mask, and then he controls them. And it's, it's a classic, like, oh no, the Justice League have been taken over by Starro, and Batman's got to figure out a way to, to stop him before like yeah. it spreads to Earth. You know, it's, it's classic kind of like, oh, I will stop you, we are a hive mind. It's a trope as old as time. Um, Rick and Morty most brilliantly parodied it a couple seasons ago with, yeah. uh, with um, Glozo. Yeah. Glo- yeah, that, that's a brilliant version with the mouth on their mouth yeah. like there's there's a great version of it you know like the face huggers from from alien like uh, whether giga knew it or not it's absolutely derivative of star or the conqueror and 
you know, it's, it's just a fun idea. James Gunn's obviously been thinking about this since he was a kid. Because he's obviously thought of the notion of, I mean, sure, it latches to your face and controls your mind, but like, what if the moment it's latched to your face, you're dead? Oh, yeah. Which was such a great take on it, because at no point in the movie does anyone peel off their face and be like, oh, oh my God, what happened? No, the moment you have a Starro on you, you are an extension of Starro, and you, your body, your consciousness is gone. Yeah. To the point where we get to see in, in this sort of chamber of experimental horrors, someone who's had it peeled off their face, and you've just got this Starro-shaped flayed outline. Yeah, with the, with the tendrils. Because we see the logistics. Again, you realise that it latches on face hugger style yeah these little tendrils come out of a, of a of a beak that go you see it happen to one person go up your nose and into your yeah. brain um so like this this open explosion of a face is just sat there on the slab yeah with the with the the tendrils still coming out of like the nasal cavity or the hole where the nose was yeah to a starro that's latched to a like a claw up above that's obviously like What's happening? I don't understand. It's like they the thing it says, below the neck, you're a corpse. And they also say that, they, they, well, they don't say it, they set it up visually that basically they get fired out, they've got a very limited time to latch onto someone, yeah. and if they don't, they die. Yeah. So, if it doesn't latch to someone, it's not a threat anymore. But if it latches to someone, that person is now a zombie yeah. with a Starro brain extension plugged into its head. Yeah. Um... And he's got this great image of the, the, the face of that person with this bright blue and pink staff mm. and this huge eye in the middle. And they've gone for it. Like, they've, oh, like, they, like, it like, original so Prince Starro's like grey with with pink yeah. eye. And then in the years since, he's they've gone for more colourful looks. And the fact that they, for this horrible, gory war movie, have gone, yeah, let's go for the multicoloured version. Yeah. Shows you how confident well, they are in how scary the how, idea like, can be. For how dark a movie this is in tone, it's surprisingly colourful. I mean, the flower explosion in the yeah. corridor and the cartoon birds, and, you know. Polka Dot Man. Christ, Rick Flagg's t-shirt. Yeah. Like, it's just a Peacemaker's entire look. Yeah. Um, until the end. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that lab is fucking horrendous. Yeah. Like, the, the, the half the half body, like yeah. the torso that is still alive because the star is attached to it. Yep. The, like, the woman who's just there. There's one in a tank. Um, there are loads in cages... Who reveal through to when Rick Flag Ratcatcher take, so they go to Jotunheim and they're planting explosives all along the tower. Yeah. And Rick Flag and um, Ratcatcher go down with the Thinker to basically like plant explosives in the basement level. Yeah. The dirty little secrets floor. Yeah. Um, which at first I was like, is that where the button is? And then I was like, oh no, it's one of the chapter headers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but when down there, that's when the Thinker's like, yeah. So here's the thing. I knew this day was going to come one way or another. You've not been sent here to stop this project. You've been sent here to stop this project and destroy the evidence that your government knows about it. Yeah. And funded it. Like, so, we see early on the footage of the astronauts finding Starro just floating out in space. It's about the size of a big dog. Yeah. They get it on the ship, strap it into, like, plastic restraints, and they take it home after it's latched onto some of the astronauts and begins to grow. So they realise that when it extends, it grows. And now it's kaiju-sized in a chamber underground because all the people that have been brought here over the years as punishment for disobeying the the governments of the Corte Maltese have been handed over to the thinker 
so he can latch a starfish to their face and monitor them. Not just that. Experiment on them. Herd them. Fucking rape them. Yeah. Holy shit. That line where they're just sort of like, he tortured us, experimented, had his way with us. And Flag just looks at him like, you fucking... They like, don't say anything. And Capaldi, as the thinker, just looks at him like, yeah. yeah. Smug as anything. Like a, like a smirk shrug. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I fucked him, so what? And you're like, holy shit. Just... I hope this guy dies a horrific death. Well, you're in luck. Because he gets... Oh, my God. So... <laughs> James, James Gunn in his films he loves a few things one of those is the grotesque use of a tendril I love the tendril um, or a tentacle tendrils of light slam into Star-Lord's brain yeah. um, uh, uh, rocky tentacles grab Gamora and Nebula and stop her moving around slithers full of the damn thing. The, uh, the dream sequence in Super oh Jesus <laughs> yeah the hentai dream sequence yeah. like he, he loves he loves a tentacle um and he does horrible things with them. And in this Boy, movie, not only do tentacles lob King Shark through a building, <laughs> the thinker is picked up. Starro doesn't talk to him, doesn't say anything to him, because it doesn't have to. Because he's making the excuses an abuser would. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, I can, I'll change. I didn't he's mean full, to be horrible. Full to says, you. I can, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to change. And it just grabs his limbs like fucking. Uh, da, Vinci's, like da Vinci's what's it man style like a starfish pulls so hard that his arm and leg his left arm and leg rip off and the force from the pull just swings the other half of his body into a fucking wall and turns him into paste yeah it's it's wonderful and it's like that is the most justified death in this oh, movie yeah. <laughs> fuck you the thinker um oh my god but then even Starro Starro's a victim of abuse. Yeah. Starro, like the good guy Task Force X members who were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. is wrongfully imprisoned yep. and doesn't want this life. Nope. Starro's last fucking words yep. are, I was happy floating, looking at the stars. Yep. Yeah, we made this monster. It's the Conqueror because Gaius Greaves declared that's what it is. Because that's what various governments of the Corto Maltese have thought about using it well, for. Also to mock him. Also mm. to mock Starro. Yeah. Oh um, my god. Just. It's. St Starro is rough. your. Starro's King Kong. Yeah. Starro's a sympathetic monster. I mean, it was going to do some horrid. Well, it was going to do some horrid. It was going to do some horrid shit, but. Ultimately, you get the sense that it just wanted the Corto Maltese. It didn't have plans to spread further. No. It was just like, let me have this. It probably just wanted to go back This, to this is my island. Let me have this. Yeah. And it's like, just leave me alone. I've been trapped underground for 30 fucking years. Um, Being tortured. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't inflict some horrid goddamn punishments on people. People get crushed underfoot. People get warped. And that's a big thing in the film, a big motivator for a lot of the characters to break ranks is the fact that children yeah we never see involved. it and I think that's a good call we see children running yeah but we and never... then we see enough zombies to assume that yeah no one got out of that area alive yeah yeah but I thought probably that would have been the 18 certificate I think I think that would have been the thing that stepped it up to the NC17 wouldn't surprise me if there's some stuff on the cutting room floor with kids yeah because the, w w that, that's Harley's motivator to yes. do what she does 
that's Ratcatcher um, and Bloodsport's motivator to do well, the right thing. Let's talk a little and bit it's, about... And it's Rick Flagg's motivator, motivator to finally fucking go, do you know what? Waller's the villain. Yeah. And I need to... Unfortunately, well, she planned for that. Let's, let's yeah. talk about Harley and yes. her subplot. Because I think they give her some great stuff in this. And we get her captured early on and then she's... She's freed and so, and and presented. She's wined and dined. She's wined and dined by the new El Presidente, and he proposes to her, and they and they have great sex. Yeah, and she falls. She meets his bird. Yeah, she meets <laughs> his, his his little birdhouse, and she falls from head over heels. And... I mean, forget the heels. She doesn't give a fuck about the heels. No, no, she, just... she's she's got that guy following behind her. Yeah. She's been like like showered and dressed and given like she... this exquisite gown. And he's just this one army dude who you know is like, I'm pa- I'm not paid enough for this shit. He's no. just following around holding these expensive heels on his yeah. on his finger while she's playing tic-tac-toe with the tiles. Yeah. <laughs> well, first I was like, that's cute. And then it was like, she's still not put the shoes on. <laughs> What's going on? And then it's a fucking plot point later yeah. on. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. sure. All right. Makes sense. Um... um Plus, it also makes her look all playful and sweet because yes. she, she, she's like we said, she's not evil. She just does very bad things. She's she's just broken in yeah in an irreparable way. Yeah, um, which comes into play because then the, yes, the El Presidente yeah. mentions that you know anyone who opposes him because yeah, because Maltese apparently or some of the people at the Corte Maltese really admire her yeah. because she's seen as a rebel against the American oppression of the American system. Yes. Um, and so he's like, marry me, the shag, she's all for it. And then he's like, you said, just sort of oh, goes yeah. like, yes, oh. that's Jotunheim. Uh, we've got a weapon in there that we're going to use. I've sent dissenters to it before to be killed. And we're going to use it to kill Americans. Well, he and... says that the old regime sent the dissenters there and mm. I will do the same to anyone. I'll do the same thing to anyone who opposes me and their families and their children. And then he turned around. And, and then America just, will know of our like yeah. our power and what we can. And she just unloads and she just a fucking, fucking blast him a musket, in the chest. Like it's like it's like an it's old, a, it's an old revolver. Yeah, and he just <laughs> she suppresses a bullet in it. <laughs> yeah, and he's just looking down, dumbfounded as his blood's gushing out of this enormous hole that's just appeared in his chest. And this is what I mean about that um, being weirdly the most gratuitous. Yeah, because because it just plays out. It just out. lingers on him, just like bleeding out from this mm. shot in his chest while she's got this wonderful sort of monologue explaining about how you know she's she's had so many bad relationships before and this is like she promised after herself, her last boyfriend yeah. she she's it took her too long to realize if she ever sees a red flag she will kill whoever it is yeah she's, because yeah. she knows what damage can be done she so can't just if leave. you don't kill him he keeps sending you notes yeah he kills your dogs which lucy and i were talking about afterwards we're like is that implying that there was a because in Birds of Prey we met we met Bruce yeah. the hyena. Yeah, it's like, is that implying there was a Bud and Lou and probably. the Joker killed them? What a prick! Jared Leto probably killed a couple of hyenas and sent them to Margot Robbie as preparation for his role. He's a cunt. Do you know what's interesting? He recently was interviewed about that again. Yeah, and, and, and denied, he, he denied it. it. Yeah, and said it was rumors. But then you go back. The person who told everyone was, was him. him. And after he told people, other cast members were like, "Oh yeah, no, this happened and this happened." Yeah, so it's like. Bullshit, Jared. You did those things, you fucking weirdo. He's fucking... Freaky he's cultist. A, yeah, alleged... Statutory rapist. Yeah, I like the way when, <laughs> when, when asked James Gunn's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't bring Joker into this because, you know, he just doesn't have anything that, that would fit... He doesn't have any abilities that would fit the team. 
But then you go and look at like James Gunn said over the years about Jared Leto. About Jared Leto particularly, like yeah, yeah there's no way that those two are going to work together. No fucking way. Yeah. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, and good, good. good. James um, Gunn's a man who's made questionable uh, presentational decisions oh, early yeah. in his career, and has said some pretty horrible things uh, in the name of shock humor, and has not only apologized for it since has been punished for it since apologising and has gone on to prove through his work, if nothing has else... Has made two movies about moving on About being shitty person, people yeah. becoming better people. Yeah. And uh, Jared Leto is just continuously a horrible person yeah. who DMs underage fans. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool, sex. Jared. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Cool. Sorry, we've got to put the word allegedly cool. in there. Cool, Jared. Look well, it yeah, up, everybody. Fucking Margot Robbie crushing this fucking... This speech is this dude's fucking bleeding out on the floor. And just talking about the psychological... The, the Dr. Quinzel logic comes yeah. out of your... Be- like, now, with none of those nasty thoughts in your in your pretty little you're, head... You're more beautiful. You're more beautiful. It's just, oh, God. And it's like, oh, fuck. She's so... Yeah, she's just... She's too broken uh, to function anymore. And then they try to break her even more. Because they lock her up, they chain her up, they set the internet alight with, ooh, hello... Because um, that clip has been doing the rounds. Harley Quinn, you can't do it. Because she'll play possum. Yeah. Then snap the guy's neck with her thighs. With her thighs, and then tiptoe along his body and acrobat, the acrobat like contortionist yes. style, use the key between her toes to unlock the chains. Yeah. Which has been revealed since this week. She did. There's a shot where she did that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is a wide wide angle shot. Where she just did that. Key between her toes, got it up to the prop lock, did the act. Obviously, she's not unlocking it, unlocking yeah, it, because yeah. it's thingy, but like, did the action verbatim. And it's like, I'm sorry, is she actually Harley Quinn at this Probably. point? Is that what's happening? I don't know, we don't fuck about. <clears throat> like, holy shit. Um, um, grabs some army boots, grabs a couple of AKs. And just slaughters her way out. <laughs> Grabs the javelin, sees the javelin, yes. grabs that, Ooh. carries it for the rest of the film. Like, and then we get to the bit that we've seen from the trailers where uh, they're about to wreck. They, um, Flag and Bloodsport and Peacemaker and Ratcatcher are about to rescue her because they realise where she is. And they're like, yeah. we could use like Flag. It shows you that Flag's the point now. We realise is how expendable Waller is treating all of them. Yes, to the point where to the point of unnecessary slaughter. But I think he'd also go after her anyway. Because yeah. that's just Flag. Well, that's what I mean. He's a soldier. He he's, he's, he's looking at it behind. as like she's there. Yeah, we could use her. We have the set skills to get her out of this. Yeah, he's a, he's a military man. He doesn't he doesn't leave. In Norway, stay off the comms. Bird, bird. <laughs> um, uh, Stallone does stellar voice work in this. We've gone a while without any deaths of the squad. Yeah, but then Flag learns about what Jotunheim means and he yeah. finds the hard drive that would expose America's involvement Yeah, and he's had after at least these two stories he's had enough of Waller's shit he's gonna get it to America and he's gonna expose it to the media that this horrible shit has gone on here that has involved the deaths of like oppress- you know, oppressors to the regime men, women and children and he's gonna like expose that America was involved and that's when Peacemaker shows up, having moved from... It's Peacemaker! Yeah, having moved from the, the bomb planting. Yeah, because you get that shot where he's... He's, he's with King yeah. Shark. And, and King, King Shark's Sh- made a... Uh, 
one of the like the the, 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 the plastic explosive. He's molded it into a little peacemaker. Yeah. And peacemaker's like, that doesn't even look like me. <laughs> but yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, well done. And then you see King Shark turn around, and then because I wondered what this was about for a sec, and then you you see peacemaker see flag mm. and greaves go down go down into the into the you know the lower level. Yeah. And then he f- and then you see King Shark turn around and peacemaker's gone. I'm like. What's going on there? Yeah, and then King Shark just toddles off, and you and you see him again later. See what he go go up to later on. Yeah, um, there's a nice bit of Tarantino back and forth thing with yes. timelines in this. Yeah. Yes, they don't do it much, but when they do, it's used to great. Yeah, effect. they do it. They do the three days earlier thing after the initial beach scene, and then they do the eight minutes earlier. Yeah, <laughs> in this in this climax, which is really clever because everything. Um, yeah, Peacemaker has been given separate instructions yeah. by Waller to make sure that the evidence. Uh, well, he's been told basically like the drive. Yeah. Is there's a drive, a hard drive that will completely fuck America yeah. over. None of this information can get out. None of this information can get out, and you can see that he doesn't want. He to really kill Flag. doesn't want to. Like he doesn't want to do it. He's like, you know, I respect you. Like, don't do this. Like, give me the drive. And then the building collapses, and then we after that sequence get the eight minutes earlier bit yeah. to reveal that. A mishap upstairs means that explosives were set off by Polka Dot Man way too early. Yeah. And toppled Jotunheim in a pretty fucking gripping, like... Yeah, you get this wonderful... Tower destruction scene. Building collapse sequence and wonderful moment of... Which culminates in this absolutely <laughs> screamingly funny moment of Bloodsport just hanging from his grappling hook, really exasperated and pissed off. Yeah. Eventually falls, lands quite nicely on the on the level below, but then that floor falls through <laughs> to the next floor. <laughs> then that floor falls through to the... And it's just this wonderful sort of domino moment of him progressively falling further and further, further, further down each floor to eventually... Um, arrive at a, arrive, a standoff. Arrive at a standoff because what happens is that... Oh, this was my... This was my... This was the scene in the film I felt the most sad. Yeah. It's, it's a flag and peacemaker fight. Fight it out. And duke it's, it out. It's, it's like bare knuckle nasty like proper they brawl. are two really evenly matched opponents like, we've seen super powered yeah. fights so far we've seen elaborate gunplay stuff yeah the, the, like this the hallway sequence with Harley escaping mm. is just it's, it's ballet yeah in uh, but, but <laughs> ballet yeah. and yet also Snow White yeah it's just <laughs> slash slash gun gun but it, then the way they shoot it like splashed against the, the bright mm. sunlight in the windows Beautiful composition of her just slaughtering her way through these guards. Great use of um, verticals and horizontals. Yeah. She's bashing the guy's head repeatedly against the bars of the cell door. Yeah, that moment where she's in where she's going oh, through the cage section and she yeah. just does these wonderful sort of like and hit one guy over here and then lift and then back kick onto someone else. Use the strip of the dress she tears off yeah. to like you pull the guy's wrist and snap his wrist and then flip yeah. him over. And it's, also something else just the brilliant. The gorilla camp and the, the armed the, the, the oppressive forces and everything, there is a mix of guys and girls. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty. And I really appreciate yeah. that. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty even gendered. That makes sense. Thing all over, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so so so, but this is like a bare knuckle drag out fight. Yeah, between it just the two it just descends into these two dudes just punching the shit out of each other. That ends with Flag pressing a pipe into Peacemaker's throat and just like forcing it down. To throttle him, yeah. Like Peacemaker tries to like sort of kick him out, and Flag just like no, he's just like throwing his limbs back down, and he's throttling him. And he doesn't see Peacemaker grab a piece of shattered tile that he just throws up, plunges into Rick Flagg's chest. Into his heart. We get the Mortal Kombat yeah. X-ray moment. Just to, just, just, to like, like, just to let you know, the viewer, 
No, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's gone. Just because he's a main character from the first one, yeah. who's also in this one, who is one of the few decent people, Probably doesn't mean he's going to survive. One of, the, one of the few people from the Suicide Squad who's actually redeemable. I mean, he's yeah. not... He's not. He's not. He doesn't need really, He's a soldier. Like mm. he's. he's in but terms but of, he. He. The, the morality's there. Yeah. Like he. He is pissed off with what Waller pulled in the first one, and when he finds this out in this one, he's like, no, like that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm breaking. Done. I'm breaking rank. They're gonna come for me. But as long as I get the information out there, the world needs to know about this. He, he's. He's done, and yet, he doesn't make it. And I love that. It, I mean, he got. He got a last drink. As they were sitting in the bar and before true. he's like, "Hey, this could oh, be yeah, this could be your last last three hours on Earth. Come on, let's that, go." That sequence where they where they where they get drunk while they're waiting to meet to meet great to capture Graves in the bar is great and also great that they 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 have a good time, they bond and then they they don't fuck up. Yeah, catching Greaves like they they pull it off. Yeah, quite nicely. Let's <laughs> put like with the cigarette. He's just like, I didn't smoke. I don't smoke. Yeah, but he went yeah. he went through with this this like trope. Of of the 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 kidnaps, yeah. It's like in old military bloody films, where like the you know the bad guys like offer the the chained up good guy a smoke and stuff. Yeah, um, love that. I love that sequence. I love that Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man managed to pull off the actual kidnapping on the yeah. sly. Um, poor Milton. Um, poor Milton. And at the end, she thinks that's Bloodsport's name. It's oh, like it's what? Very good. So it's we had like a three good. hour fucking conversation about you being called Milton. It, I'm it, not called Milton. Something that James Gunn's really good at. <laughs> setting up jokes really early on and yeah. then paying them off <laughs> much later. And then paying them off again. <laughs> like yeah. he will he will he will keep that ball bouncing throughout. Milton like, got the best reaction shot of the film as well. <laughs> they open the, the van and he's just like crying. He's like, see, see. Which oh. then teaches teaches uh, King Shark. Like, how to say yes? Yeah. And I love that he picks things up as the film goes on. And that he learns what friendship is. Which, unfortunately, he then thinks means that the things in the tank are his friends. Yes. Despite them being horrific, like... I was was thinking about them, I was like, are they from a comic? They're probably a really obscure reference. weird sea creatures. But they're so so (laughs) cartoony. Like, in in terms of their design, they look like they've come out of an Illumination film. Yeah. They look like something Gru would have in his lab. Yeah. So I was like, they're a bit out of it. They've got to be a direct reference to something. They have to be. But they're also a subversion because then when they get out of the tank, their underskirt like parts of their bodies are piranha mouths. Yeah. Um. Pretty fucking horrific. So fucking horrible. But like, <clears throat> but like, you know, uh, oh God. Ratcatcher really is the heart, man. Like she, she helps him develop like. A knowledge and understanding of what friendships are. Yeah. And then he becomes friendlier as a result. And he almost has to be told when to be violent after that point. Like you get a yeah. an Hulk <gasps> smash moment yeah. where Bloodsport takes charge and he's like, like sh- uh, was it Ninoe? Nom nom. Nom nom. <laughs> like point at Star and he's like, really? Like nom nom? He's like, nom nom. <laughs> um, uh, oh god. Uh, <laughs> He has to go hide in the van for all of this, obviously, because he's a fucking shark. Yeah, he's like, disguise? It's like, what would you disguise with? Fake mustache. mustache. They're like, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> and then he spends the next two minutes holding a finger over his snout to sort of <laughs> illustrate how he would do it. And it's like, no, no, no bro, no. No. Um, Fuck! <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. 
Um, but she she's wonderful. Sebastian's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the flashbacks are nice. I've got to say, the casting of Taika Waititi was distracting. Yes. That's like one nitpick I have about the movie. You know why? Because he's also, in the, he's also in the opening credit crawl. Yes. In the opening names yeah, and the credits, yeah. he's like he's like name twenty, but it's like his name's there. So you go, oh. Do, do you? I know... bet he's going to be like the voice of Starro or something. Do or... you know why it's Taika Waititi? Why is it Taika Waititi? Because he was originally approached for another role. Okay. Couldn't do it because of he was, was trying to get the Akira live action thing off the ground. Yes. That yeah. fell through. Yeah. So then he goes back to James Gunn, half jokingly, and says. You still have that role. So you've got a role for me? I'm, I'm, and, my skin is very and open. James Gunn goes, no, mm. but yeah. come and do this. Come and play Ratcatcher. But it's a lovely moment, though. It's a lovely moment. It's a lovely moment. It's very distracting. Yeah. It's very distracting. Um, like I, I, I would have preferred a Star Wars sequel trilogy kind of cameo where we don't... If it was a role, we didn't see his face. And mm. they could just be like, by the way, that character, that was played by Taika Waititi. Yeah. In the same way where it was like, that's Stormtrooper. That's Daniel Craig. I did like It's not just his voice. This is Daniel Craig. Like, he was on set, and that's him. That's that's Prince William and Prince Harry, like, in the Stormtroopers. They were on set. Like, that's a fun cameo for you. That Stormtrooper, that was voiced by Kevin Smith. That's funny, isn't it? Anyway, do you know what I mean? I would have preferred that kind of... Yeah. You know, yeah, that I'll sort of cameo. That. But it's an incredibly sweet moment, and it's really yeah. well delivered. And I love the fact that it, it, it culminates in her arc. Like, the idea that, like, you shouldn't... Be, like, you, don't let anyone judge you. You yeah. are worth something. Like, the rats... Are worth something, yeah, and and to the point where they're what kills Starro. Harley Quinn javelins away into his eyeball, and the rats swim into that big old moist eye and watching, start chewing the nerve. Watching that up. with Keeks, Keeks doesn't like eye stuff, <laughs> so that she spent been. a good three minutes just <laughs> looking away from the screen. It's like nope. Despite nope. Harley looking like a goddamn Disney princess floating in eye, and again they just they just sit with it. Yeah. They don't just they like. You have Harley swimming around inside this giant fucking eye and the rats coming in and they start chewing and they start chewing through the nerves. Mm. And you think, oh, okay, okay. It just keeps going and they start chewing through the flesh at the back of the... And then they start chewing into its brain. Yeah, while this beautiful score's playing. And it's like, okay, this is unnerving. But it's there because it wants to make you realise that, no, he's going down. Yeah. This is it. So that then you get that fucking twisted knife moment as one of the drones turns to Bloodsport and says, yeah. I was happy floating, yeah. watching the stars. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And that in that moment, I think that's the moment where Bloodsport is like, he was us. Like, we, yeah. we're, we are the same in all this. Oh, my God. Um, and, oh, uh, yeah, Polka Dot Man, like... Gets his moment and then Immediately gets a comedy dies. death. Yeah. Slight nitpick. Should have cut to that shot just two seconds later. Because mm. the framing, I was like, something's about to crush him. Yes. Yeah, something's yeah. Something's about to crush him. Another thing, apparently in the early version of the scripts, it was supposed to be Ratcatcher that was going to die there. I'm glad it wasn't. Well, that's why James Gunn changed it. Because mm. he's like, mm, no, I, want the fi- I don't want the film to go out that bleak. Yeah. Yeah, because how it, how so... it ends is... Uh, Inawe, Nanawe? Nanawe. Robert Dubois. Um, Ratcatcher 2 and Harley are left alive. 
Yeah. After after King Shark eventually rocks back after being thrown. He like, takes several some serious blocks. fucking punishment. But they're sort of establishing this that he he's probably is a he probably is a god. Yeah, he's pretty invulnerable. Like he's he's bulletproof. The the creatures like take some chunk chunks out of him. The fish yeah. things. But when like he but take, like he, he, he drops. Tanks, he gets shot. He tanks a building getting pushed onto him. I mean, he gets, he, he gets shotgunned by Bloodsport like five times. Yeah, and just gets knocked back. He gets the the soldados just fucking emptying assault rifles into him and just to the point where they re fucking load and then he just gets up and starts fucking munching on him. Yeah, he picks one head and keeps it. The fact Um, that the fact that when you see that head in his jaws and the head's still moving its eyes, yeah, oh, and he's shocked to have been like, oh fuck, I'm in a shark's mouth. Also, I'm dead. Oh, Um, (laughs) I never got to tell it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Ray, I never got to tell you. I'm force sensitive. Um, Lies. So yeah. Um, so they're left alive, and conveniently, before Waller manages, because oh, of course Waller, the moment they, the moment Starro's out, yeah. An extraction team's, an extraction helicopter is being sent to them. Yeah. To get them out of there, because as far as she knows, they did the job. Yes. This what, is not their business. You get that wonderful moment. Where, so. After as far as she kills, knows, the drive was destroyed. Yeah, because after because, he kills Flash, yes, yeah, Peacemaker, uh, Peacem- like, well, oh, God, that's so tense. He looks up he, and Ratcatcher's there. Yeah, she's seen him kill. Because she's just scurried away from tentacles, like to get out. Sebastian Blossom, like this way, this yeah. way. Is that rat? Is and that, then is that rat, like, waving at me. Yes. Why? Probably because he's friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, um. There's that. There's, you get you get that that moment of tension where she sees Peacemaker, mm. then she sees the drive, and Peacemaker sees the drive, and she sees Flag dead. Yeah. So she's she's yeah. And then she just goes for the drive, and, mm. and he has to go after her, and he, he gets, gets, he gets again, her down, and again he's reluctant. He doesn't want to do it because he's bonded with her over this whole thing, like um. And he makes a point. He makes a point team. as well, like of saying you know I I, I'll do it. She's like, how do I know you won't still kill me? Like, I don't know, you're not going to kill me anyway. He's like, I probably will. I'm thorough. Yeah. And, and but you can tell he doesn't want to be. Yeah. It's like he com- he's compelled yeah. to do it. He like, can't in, not for, do for it. America, for liberty. Like, he's got to kill her if it means that he can save America. Because that's his whole... He, Waller has obviously coordinate, coordinated with him because she knows that as long as she frames it as this will stop... Like, if this secret gets out, America will be thrown into turmoil... Politically, it's going to be torn to pieces. Like there'll be unrest. The rest uh-huh. of the world will see us as monsters. You, to keep the peace, this can't get out. And he just he so just, he's like he even even if he's like that's horrific. He's like, she's right. I'll do it. Yeah. And and it's, yeah. So it's he doesn't. Horrifying. They say he doesn't want to kill them, but he will, if it means keeping the peace. And then we get. The fire off. Yeah. Bloodsport landing on the thing. Because at first I thought, he's going to land on top of him. But then when he landed in that pose, I was like, oh no, that shot's in the trailer, of course. Yeah. So yeah. we hadn't had that moment yet. Um, and he fires, and it's, it goes back to the chat early on about um, Yeah, how, they're arguing about who's the better shot. Yeah, and how Peacemaker says he would win because he would shoot through whatever uh, Bloodsport's target bullet because he'd use a smaller bullet. Shoot through his bullet holes without even touching the sides. Um, only this time... Bloodsport uses the smaller bullet. It goes right through Peacemaker's, cuts his throat open, and uh, Peacemaker's dead. Asterix. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, but they're going to about face, and Waller's like, it's a perfect mirror of the beginning of the movie with Savant. She's saying to them, like, 
turn back now. Yeah. We see it, and I love that it's not a tablet. I love that it's a box it's a big with a secure box, lock yeah. that she opens, and there are switches, and you prime yeah. the bomb, and then you have the option to detonate it. Yes. And I love that that scene gave us a hint, whether we realised it or not, that Peacemaker's, Peacemaker hadn't flatlined, because his picture is still lit up in that shot. So somewhere in the rubble, he's still alive. And I didn't realise till afterwards that that's what that was. It was a hint that he was still alive because some of the others, the light is out on their picture. Yeah. His picture's still lit up. And it's not just because he's on this mission. It's because he's not fucking flatlined yet. Yeah. It's just like, oh, He's a big tough bastard. That's nice. Um, Because how how long must he have been in there mm. before spoilers for the very end credit scene that teases the series? Which, Which reveals that that prequel series probably isn't a prequel. It's a sequel series. It's a fucking sequel. Um, Which is nice. I like that they've been fibbing to us. They find Peacemaker in the rubble. Yeah. And he's still alive. Yeah. Somehow. And Waller's, as far as she's concerned, treacherous, but luckily morally right team. Yeah. Uh, their their punishment. Yeah, because they, they rebel. Like, Flo fucking knocks her out with her own golf club. Twats her with a golf club. And again, and Chekhov's control. golf club. Yeah. Set it up before. She's got a golf game with the president or whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm going to suck. And just, fuck. Damn it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> she's just missing the cup. And then later on, Flo doesn't miss when she bludgeons Amanda Waller around the head and knocks her, knocks her out because yeah. they're like, this thing's going to hurt people. So they immediately become like a proper coordination team yeah. to help Bloodsport and co. Like stop the spread of Starro and kill the beast. Kill the beast! Um, and then obviously Waller can't put it, because you see later her in her office just looking really pissed off with a bandaged head mm. looking at them. <laughs> and they're just like on the phone, having a coffee. Because of course, they were completely in the right on this call. Yeah, They made the best call. Um, so she can't do shit, except then make them be the people who have to look after Peacekeeper for whatever she's got planned for him next. Yeah. Um, hey, you've got to work with this dickhead. Yeah, That's they don't punishment. seem happy about it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we've 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 got that set up, um, and yeah, so so they they leak the secrets off screen. They no, they, they, upload, they upload them to a drive yeah. somewhere so to a server, got, and they've got it on a dead man switch. Dead man switch. So, so if so anything if, happens, to... yeah. So basically, the the logic is if Bloodsport doesn't like check in with it at some point, it will spread, and it will be leaked to the media. Yeah. So. He's basically saying you let us, like you get us back, you set us free, and no one ever finds out about this. And Harley sort of makes a point of like giving him that look, and he's like, "Right, come on, I had to, you know." No, it's Ratcatcher, I think, who does that. Yeah, I think it might. Yeah, because mm. she wanted to get it out. Yes, yeah, so at the end, yeah, because because he's basically making the point of yeah, this this should be exposed, and it still could be one day. Yeah, he still could get it out, but right now he's bought them their freedom. <clears throat> and that's what they need to do whatever it is they want to do next. I love that uh, his daughter sees, her, sees him on the TV yeah. and the news coverage and is like, oh shit, okay, my dad's actually a good man. Mm. And Ratcatcher's like, follow through. She's like, no, you're a good man. Like, you are. Whether you think you are or not, you are. You've been there. beaten into being evil through circumstance. Yeah. And you're a horrendously abusive father. Yeah. But... Or, or absent, rather. <laughs> no, uh, for, for Bloodsport. Yeah. It's oh no! Because I thought I thought, I thought it was. Ah oh, yeah, well yeah, yeah. For, he's, forcibly he's, absent through incarceration. Because yeah. his his dad, Bloodsport's dad. Um, yes, they mock, do imply, don't they, yeah, that he they was. Lock him in a, yeah, he locks him in a box full of rats when he fucks up. Mm. His, his dad trained him to be a to be a mercenary, so. And was incredibly strict. It's, 
It's not a nice film. No. But it is. It's fun. But it's not It is simultaneously incredibly bleak and yet also heartwarming. It is funny and horrifying. The only thing I can think to compare it to is like a Suicide Squad comic. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's like, hey, do you like these comics? Cool. Would you like to read something that's like a bit more mature, a bit... A bit more mature and immature. That's more frightening and a bit nasty. It, it's. I'm trying to think of what to recommend for anyone who's like listened to all this, but is like, do you know what? I still fancy seeing it, but like, what? What's it? It's more akin to something like, I guess, the boys. Do you know what I mean? Not quite. It's Wait, not. It's, it's, it's not it's, as nihilistic. No. But it's that same kind of level of yeah. It's it's flights and tights it's, with yeah. violence and a nasty streak. Because it's not as nihilistic. <clears throat> yeah. The sort of mean spiritedness of it doesn't burn as badly. Yeah. It's Rick and Morty. Yeah. Kind like, of. It, it, there's a nihilism to its premise, but there's a lot of heart in it. Yeah. It will make you laugh. There's some great ideas and characters that are really fun to be around. Yeah. Um. But we only give it a 9 out of 10 because it doesn't have Bird Person in it. So It does have John Cena in nothing but a very tight pair of briefs. Yeah. And a close-up shot of his of, dick. Yeah. <laughs> of, his pe- <laughs> of his peacemaker. Am I right? Um, uh. <laughs> it also justifies Blackguard's death by revealing that uh, he has toilet tissue stuck to his shoe yeah. and just gives it to Bloodsport. He's like, there you go! It's like, you just walk past the bin, you prick. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a bin. prick. Put it in the bin. I bet he was in that cell uh, fiddling around, in that bathroom fiddling around for the cell phone in his arsehole so yeah. he could get it out, contact the Corto, Corto, Malte, Corto Maltese forces and then shove it back in. Um, back in his I, I loved it. It's, 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 it's really great. It. It's not a, it's, it's not a pleasant time. No. It's, fucking great movie though oh yeah, my god it's a wild ride it's it's yeah it is if you, if you like your horror and your your nastier sort of stuff it is joyfully violent yeah it's it, gleeful in its nastiness yeah it, it's which makes it not feel as nasty yeah 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 the the the, the legit worst stuff is implied or inferred yeah um, what you're getting is is cartoon horror. Uh, if you've ever been a fan of like you know gore horror, that's that's preposterous. It's almost like splatter like... movie levels, <clears> which you know, yeah. being, being a James Gunn film is entirely in keeping with some of his earlier work. But yeah. like it's it's like splatter levels of violence almost. I'm interested to see what his future project with WB is because they've confirmed that he will be working with them on another film. Whatever we've got, want. Peacemaker. Well, we we got Peacemaker, which is now wrapped. And is scheduled for a January release. Yeah. It's eight episodes. He direct he wrote the whole series and he directed episodes one, two, three, seven and eight. Yeah. Um the whole series came about in the first lockdown because on a whim he just started writing it just as a sort of writing exercise, mentioned it to an HBO Max person, and they went, Green light. What's, your, what's your prospective budget? He's like, oh shit, uh, hey John, are you available? Of course I am. Everyone's locked indoors. Great, <laughs> let's, let's make this work. Um, I love that John Cena hasn't taken the outfit off all press tour. I fucking loves it, doesn't it? I, 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 lo- <laughs> I love how John Cena commits to stuff. He's just wonderful. Have you seen his return to the WWE recently? No. So you know how like Dwayne Johnson and Batista sort of go back for events? Yeah. 
But obviously they go back as The Rock, as yeah. Batista. Yeah. So John Cena. He came back, uh, he, he hit the end of like, there's been two sort of big pay-per-view events lately. Yeah. He made a surprise appearance at the end of the first one uh-huh. to basically like flat out challenge the new champion. And then he, he's been in matches since. And like his big one hasn't happened yet. That's like the next event. But it's like the fact that he's fit that in. Uh, there's footage of him uh, meeting with um, fans and make a wish like yeah. uh, cases after after these events like again he does distancing mask to shit he and then he, he'll come it. in and he'll he'll get the angle right so they can get a photo of them next to each other without like compromising and it's just like this is one of the most considerate fucking dudes like he believes that he believes in the military but he doesn't believe in forced drafting he doesn't think people should sign up because they need a job um, he's he's a massive gun control advocate so he's sort of yeah. like this he's the he walks the line of the sort of the two extreme american yeah, ideals yeah. and seems to be a genuinely just good fucking egg yeah and it's like yes please more of him in funny things. as fuck he's yeah. so funny you ever seen him pronounce the word squats no he doesn't say squats he says squates <laughs> but like on, but the same way that Nigella Lawson says microwave, like it's to it's to make you go wait what? Yeah, it's just it's funny as hell. Um, uh, I recommend it. I I still think Shazam's my favorite DCEU movie. Um, I think it's probably this for me. Yeah, this this is this is now closely tied with with Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey for me as my second fave. Like, and it's so oh, it's so nice. To be saying this, isn't it? To be like, well, new film the DCEU and we fucking loved it. It's so nice to be like, yep, there we go. Uh, Long term listeners will know that yes. we've we've not really been into it overall. No. So to, to to have our minds changed is good. Uh, I, whatever his next one is for DC, I, I hope it's I hope it's a PG one. I'd be interested to see. Yeah, his guardian style spin on a DC property now. But at the same time, I did enjoy like he'd had the leash taken off on this. It felt like true, but I want the next Suicide Squad movie to be written and directed by a completely different person, and to be called like a Suicide Squad, a Suicide Squad, Squad comma Suicide. <laughs> like, like I think that's uh, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go with this. If they're going to uh, carry on the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. <laughs> If you're going to carry on with the Suicide Squad, you give it to a different auteur each time. And don't waste a shitload of money on an air cut, but fuck it. Just, like, put one together. You've got a streaming service. Give him, like, $2 million and access to all of his footage and just let him edit it and put it on HBO Max. The Suicide Squad Reloaded. What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that this one wasn't just called Task Force X. But I guess it's because he wanted to use that like the, the style of the original comic run of like the Suicide Squad with the bullet holes and yeah. the title and the the yellow and red color scheme and everything. I I dug it. I'm sorry to anyone who clicked on this podcast that has Captain Carter in the thumbnail. If if you're disappointed that we spent most of it talking about Suicide Squad, but we had to. Uh, should, we, should we chuck an email? Yes, it's a long one. This one comes in from James. James, um, thank you for your patience, James. Because as well as talking about Suicide Squad, he also has a bunch of stuff up front about Loki. Okay. Um, should we say? Should we save that part of the yeah, email for next? We'll save week? the Loki stuff for next. Yeah, week. we'll save the Loki. Um, but this is the email where I was skimming it and then got spoiled. <laughs> 
because they've damn put, it, James. They put Suicide Squad thoughts ahead with two sirens, but not actually said spoilers. <laughs> mm. Ah, so it could have gone either which way. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Writing this in the cinema during the credits, Suicide Squad is <laughs> that's wonderful. up to the that's, second reporting. Uh, Suicide Squad is wonderful in every sense. It has characters you learn to love and you learn to love to hate. <laughs> Stand out for me is Ratcatcher 2. She gave film its heart and emotional core. Yes, played by... Daniela Malkia. Thank you. Um, <laughs> who is Portuguese? Like, not, yes. like, not this is her first yeah. English language uh, film. Sweet. She's fucking great. She was the voice of uh, Spider-Gwen in the Portuguese release of Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> so she's got a toe dipped in both worlds, baby! Lovely. Um... <laughs> She gave the film its heart and emotional core, bringing out the depth in the others. The scene with her father was the only moment in the film to make me cry. I can't wait to see more from Daniela Melchior. Um, the film furthered the growth of Harley and her <laughs> That's distancing. how I'm going to remember it! Can't wait to see more from Daniela Melchior. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've already forgotten. What's her name? <laughs> Star of the Conqueror. Um, ah, the, film the Master's TARDIS. Film furthered the growth of Harley. That's a deep and her Distancing from Mr. J yeah. in its own small way and allowed one of its leads to start on the road of emotional recovery from his father's abuse. The truly lovable King Shark, or the Harley used that name, gave us a small story about true friendship and parasitic friends. <laughs> or am I making shit up? Both. <laughs> Peacemaker could be funny, but was a cunt. Oh, why? Oh, why did he survive? Oh, because he has a show coming, I guess. <laughs> For the briefest of moments, I thought he might change after Killing Flag. I thought that maybe as well. Mm, um, yeah. Whose death took me by surprise due to Flag's final insult. But no, he had to be a cunt. Be interesting to see how much that factors into the series. Yeah, I well, think, I, I, as, I kind as of, I kind sort of, of like the seed of doubt in him. Maybe, but the fact that he nearly still killed Ratcatcher says to me that like that's why he's incarcerated. Yeah, not because he's killed people, but because yeah. he will never waver entirely from that. Yeah. Like he will always go back to liberty. Yeah. And, uh, protecting America, like no matter what, which kind of makes him a very powerful um, allegory for yes. uh, for certain types of American thinking. Which yeah, yeah. There's a reason why Superman nowadays is like I fight for truth, justice, and everyone yes. instead of the American way. And it's like yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> truth, justice, and anti-capitalism. Um, truth, justice, and Antifa. Uh, so. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Superman's absolutely Antifa. Finally, someone gave Waller what I've always thought she deserved after seeing, stuff, after seeing her in stuff for ten years. So satisfying. Starro was big and nightmare-inducing. It really brought back memories of when I was nine or ten watching Batman the Brave and the Bold and being terrified of Starro. The concept of the character just freaks me out. Ah, oh, there is someone else who's been hit yeah. by it. Glad. Wait, which James sent this in? James. Uh, <laughs> are, you are you reviewing your own movie? James Rifle. Uh, the concept of the character just freaks me out. This is my rifle. Yeah. This is my gun. Glad this, is this is John Cena's gun. Glad <laughs> he, I don't know what pronouns an alien parasite would use, uh, has been dealt with, but not until it was too late because, oh no, not Dr. Disco. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, despite his all too soon demise, I love seeing Peter Capaldi being a bit evil and he did introduce something a little bit political there. How dare he? Unless the square did a star oh, what a world we live in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll come back to the rest of that email next week, James. But, yeah, thanks, um, James. Because next week, of course, we're going to talk about the opening episode of What If. Yes. And any old shit that crops up in the meantime. Good sirs, kind sirs. Uh, thanks for listening. We hope it was informative and or entertaining. It was fun. It was 
nice. I enjoyed it. I like talking I, about new releases again. I've, I've got to make tea and edit this now. Oh. But, uh, uh, well, you don't have to edit it. You just put <clears> music on it. How dare you? Because you don't have to do the whole lining up. What track kind anymore. of music you talk? Oh, hang on. There it is. Uh, Get in touch. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. Have you seen Suicide Squad? Send us your spoiler free thoughts to talk about next week. Goodbye. Oh, no, stream this weekend because I'm in Edinburgh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>